so basically um at this uh i back when i was still living in cleveland i worked for close to a year at a jc penny's and one time i was just like just so bored in my um in like the lunchroom and i was just so bored like just waiting to get back into work and like got like m&ms at the um at the vending machine in the like lunchroom and then i just looked up and all of a sudden i saw there was a poster for captain marvel in like the back corner of like this common area for the people that work there i don't know why but it was just there and i asked like one or two people like is there a reason there's a captain marvel like poster over there and and they were both like i don't know <laughs> and that was it <laughs> yeah i guess they wanted to reach the jcp crowd uh, I, I probably maybe like also honestly my biggest prediction and i haven't seen the movie is like probably there was like some piece of like product placement for jc penny in oh Captain yeah. Marvel, and they yeah. sent it to like a bunch of the like affiliate stores and so they're just like we have nothing to do with this, but we also can't like throw it out. So let's just put it right here. I've seen the movie. I've seen the movie. And the only thing I can think of is that she wears jeans at some point and maybe she got those from JC mm-hmm. The only thing that yeah. I can remember that was product placement was the Air Force and um uh and uh Blockbuster, which does not exist. Right. Well, I mean, hey, didn't you realize uh, it was a blockbuster because it's in the 90s? Mm -hmm. Uh, It was so 90s and smells like Teen Spirit played. uh, And she blasted away. uh, She blasted away uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's standee in the blockbuster because, you know, God. And the blockbuster employee was like, hey, you're kind of wacky, kind of like Kramer. Right. God. And then the Seinfeld theme started playing. I I didn't. That was out of nowhere. But um, and guys, Samuel L. Jackson was in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they de-aged him. Oh my god, uh, we lost Brie Larson. You guys, I don't know. Hello and welcome to Exiting Through the 2010s, a podcast about the movies from the 2010s. I'm Jack Draper. With me on the dance floor, it's Claire Williams. Oh uh, yeah, nightclub uh, with uh, flashing with uh, flashing mm. music and uh, techno. It's almost yeah. like a movie we've previously it's Sebastian Lelio uh, motif. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's the Sebastian universe of you know women in nice nightclubs. You know, the Seb getting universe. Frisky. Yeah, the universe. Is it? I haven't seen Disobedience. Is that in that too? Is there a nightclub scene? Maybe there's not one in the Wonder, which I finished earlier today. Um, which one is that? It's the movie with Flo, and she's a nurse that is trying to diagnose. Oh, is that the new one? Yeah, yeah. It premiered at TIFF. Good. She's, bad. she's not. She's not eating. Three out of five. It's fine. Okay. It's like. It's like a, you know, it's fine. We'll get into him, but yeah, yeah I mean, I don't, yeah, he's. I mean, he d- makes, I mean, like, it's just another movies. example, like, don't worry, darling. I mean, just like Flo is like when you put her in front of a camera, like she's just effortlessly watchable. And you know. are we committed to the flow thing? 
Is this are we? I need a. I need to talk to the universe right now, to the internet at large. Are we really just buying into flow as the as the thing to call her? Is that what she oh, goes by? I, I mean, I always. I've never addressed her as Florence Pugh. It's always been Flo Pugh because we're. I, I don't know. It's just like that's that's like where my is that my like brain a thing? Goes. I just but I feel like it's been more recent than that. I feel like more. I feel like people. Re- maybe not you in particular but people recently just now that's what they call yeah her. and i don't remember if that was a thing to when she first like i don't know if they were saying that during little women i don't know if people were just calling her flow well it's funny you bring up little women because i first started hearing flow pew during that 2019 of fighting with my family midsummer little women and it's like she was starting to like her stock was rising um but she's quite good in it um it has a lot of good character actors in it. It's just Valerie. Just what do you like, call her? What do you call? What do you address her by? I have always addressed her as Florence Pugh. Yeah, I know. I I think it's crazy. We're all just like she's not the progressive agent. She's like yeah. Florence. <laughs> anytime someone says flow, and this might be my American ass mind, but it's just like anytime someone says flow, and like the girl from Progressive. Oh, same. Yeah, yeah. That's just like that's been. She's been part of my life longer than Florence Pugh has. So that's that's why I'm maybe that's why I'm against the whole idea of just calling her flow. Mm. Maybe that's why mm. I'm, uh, you know, ag- agoni- uh, or, um, antagonistic about that uh, movement yeah. as a whole. <laughs> that's so funny. I would never think of that. Um, yeah, I guess I guess it, it really just started recently. And and since she's just been like, like, especially this year, she's been sort of like a omnipresent she's memed now she's like pure yeah, yeah. like she's pure online not in, yeah. not her specifically but her presence and her yeah. fandom it's well, all it's at its height of stan it, culture yeah. it, it did kind of start in like the beginning of the pandemic around like 2020 asterisk as jack <laughs> mentioned pre-recording um uh when her and zach braff really became like an item and we're yeah. like posting so much stuff like during quarantine and everyone is like oh zach braff and florence Pugh, there's some freaking goals right there yeah and of course like the flow cooking videos like mm-hmm. um yeah yeah it's funny you bring up braff because like the trailer for his new movie came out recently oh boy. <laughs> it, it does not look uh good but it, no, she's in it. Nice. They're now broken up. <laughs> there was a night like a month or so ago where also was... that the Oppenheimer trailer just came out and that she's in that too. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't spot anyone in that trailer besides Killian. Am I crazy? Mm-hmm. Am I blind? Um, I spotted Josh Peck, which rocks. But... Oh. <laughs> there was a moment like a month or so ago where I was stoned late at night and I was watching. I don't know why I put it on, but I put it on the like Kickstarter video that Zach Braff made for <laughs> that movie, like in 2013 or whatever. And I was just like, what a weird time capsule this is. Yeah. <laughs> if gosh, you ever wanted gonna... me on just to talk about that Kickstarter video and maybe that movie yeah. too. <laughs> is that a Patreon? I... No, that's when Zach Braff comes on. Is that a that's Patreon what, goal? That's when Zach Braff is going to come on the podcast. You always yeah. think this that people are we're gonna get someone like really famous and they're just gonna pick their own stuff. Is Zach Braff really famous? <laughs> I like in two thousand and you know I, I don't know what year he was like 
All he's doing right now is those fucking commercials with his um with uh the other guy who's actually uh, Donald Faison. He's oh, doing yeah. these T-Mobile <laughs> commercials, and that's all he those two are doing now. They must have dropped yeah. the bag for them because they're doing a ton of them. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know why like... someone cool like Donald Faison is friends with Zach Braff. That's <laughs> that's that sucks. <laughs> He, wish i, I was get... here that's right i knew the title for that 2013 movie it was like something dumb but... yeah and yeah and the just... poster is like him and like carrying a jar yeah no it's terrible <laughs> stupid aphorism just really really <laughs> dumb like yeah and also like i yeah i feel like the thing like i don't know these guys must be like really fun to like get drunk with or something because i don't see any possible way that they're like I, there's nothing in their on screen for someone that's like likable but i guess like off screen it's just like oh they can just party hard with us and it's yeah. like <laughs> we're cool and we want you to know it just like what's <laughs> and and like we are totally the wrong age for garden state and apparently mm-hmm. that was a big deal um i don't even know if scrubs has like cultural footprint it's just uh, yeah like no yeah. one people like him. scrubs i i i don't i should i should like scrubs because that's like the pot that's the show that's most compared to psych but i've like watched mm-hmm. like two or three episodes and the thing that holds me back is i don't like zach braff yeah i don't think he's a yeah. good actor or yeah. maybe not maybe or not um, funny or maybe if you're if you're gonna be i just don't like maybe i don't like his vibe i just don't mm-hmm. like sure. his yeah. general demeanor in general mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. I also think, I don't know, like Donald Faison to me, like in Clueless, that shows me way more range and talent than anything Braff has like ever Oh, no done. question. Mm-hmm. Um, like him on the highway scene. Uh, one of my favorite, I feel like, I don't know if I talked about this before, but I think one of the greatest directed scenes in comedy, in, in any comedic movie is the clu- them driving on the highway in Clueless. It's mm-hmm. just fucking magnificent. It's so um, good. That is such a good movie. I actually watched that for the first time this year, Clueless, and it's oh, yeah. so fucking good. Like everything yeah. from the dialogues to just like the highway scene to like the party scenes to like <laughs> the like rolling with the homies, like running joke, <laughs> just like just like a per- it's like a perfect like teen movie. In like Reckon Meyer is so funny in that. Mm-hmm. He just. He gets that grain, so uh, he wants really to jump does. off, jump out of the classroom, yeah. like in the window. <laughs> he's, he's so funny. And one of just the best soundtracks of like any movie ever. The 90s were just so good with soundtracks. Yeah. I, I think that was the first time I ever heard Radiohead, like nice. in film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it forever. I should... That's such a fun oh. cast, too. You got Brittany yeah. Murphy, you got mm-hmm. Amy oh, yeah. Heckerling, uh, or not Amy Heckerling, um, what's the what's the main um, actress's name alicia um, silverstone yep alicia silverstone um amy heckerthing directed it right paul rudd yep. of course yeah, yeah. Uh, paul rudd wallace sean wallace sean donald Faison. you can't um, rsvp to the statue of liberty reckon <laughs> reckon meyer yeah uh, it's not even like a stacked cast it's just a fun one it's, it's just everyone those... is you, every like heckerling knows everyone's strengths so right. well yeah. Right. It's a bunch of character actors and they're just making the most out of it. Um, yeah. So it's Rudd, of course, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You guys Brittany think Murphy anyone is going to pick Going blows in me style? away in that movie. Yeah. Oh, she's so good in it. She's like... She, she plays it on like so many different levels, like with like... 
just like how good she is at playing like an outcast and like how like you get like so much of so little with everything she says like how I forget the one line but the one line where it basically implies that like everyone that she was friends with at her last school was gay and just like she's just like she was such a great like internal actress she was so Mm. able to do so much with just the littlest bits yeah there's a direct-to-video action movie uh starring mark dukakis um as in um or wait is that's how you pronounce his last name right i don't know i forget he's a um not sure he was in john wick three um he's done his own stuff too um it's called drive um and she's in it for like a hot second and she plays like this really like horny hotel owner who's like really young like her i think her dad owns a hotel but she oversees Isn't this like mid 90s yeah this is like in the 90s yeah. um okay. and it's this direct-to-video action movie it's incredible it's one of my favorite movies and the moment she appears on screen i think i said this in my review i couldn't breathe she is it's not because she's like hot or anything it's just because she her energy is so yeah it's just notched up to a 20 she is so energy she's like a puppy Mm -hmm. And she is so funny and her physical, like her physical acting is so good. And she brings so much life and energy to this random directed video action movie. Yeah. Um, It's yeah. Her death and Yelchin's death are, I think that's one of the two biggest freak accidents in Hollywood that Mm. really robbed us of something. She died of asbestos poisoning. Who dies from that? And it's, and it's kind of like a, it's a sketchy, passing yeah right true yeah there's all yeah yeah, there's yeah those two but it's just one of those yeah yelchin dies from like being pinned against Mm. a a mailbox Mm. uh because of a faulty brake on a car and she dies because of a bestest poisoning it's like this two of the most talented young actor uh actors that we've seen in quite a while and just like you know drug overdoses of course those are uh, super tragic but yeah. you can kind of wrap your head around that yeah. just stuff mm-hmm. as random as that shit is yeah. just like what yeah. the fuck mm-hmm. yeah like like uh you know we can mourn phil hoffman and heath ledger but it's like with anton and Brittany murphy it's like you know it's tough to uh process mm-hmm. it's yeah, yeah it just doesn't make sense because you mm-hmm. we hear those kind of death stories and you're like you think it's from the you just remember the um thousand ways to die on oh Spike yes TV. yes mm-hmm. very poor like the poor taste is one is not even can't even describe that show it's like horrible <laughs> it's like it basically laughs at all those people who actually died uh, of course they changed the names and stuff but it's still really in poor taste but mm-hmm. it's you know you get to hear like crazy fucking stories and you th- and so that's what those two deaths i mean abestus poisoning i guess isn't that crazy but it's still something that you just don't see and you can't in those like very weird freak accidents you just don't think can happen to celebrities you mm-hmm. think they happen to joe schmo out you know in kansas mm-hmm. or whatever um but just to have those like two highly visible people it's just like it kind of just warps your mind for some reason yeah it's like i feel i feel what it is also is like <clears throat> those kinds of deaths are so hard to conceptualize anyway where it's like i feel like with anybody in your life it would also feel so strange that that's what took them and it's just it's just like it 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 just sucks that the world is kind of like that where just sometimes people die and it's like the biggest accident of like so many things went wrong at like one moment 
to have that right it's just like it's all final destination bullshit where you're like this had to happen so this could happen so this like it's all these little different details and moments that led Mm -hmm. up to this horrific thing yeah i mean yelchin yelchin's death in particular is like almost straight out of like a final destination movie it's Mm -hmm. it's so it's so it sucks yeah um i don't know how we got to this this was crazy yeah <laughs> zach braff got us here but uh there's this video that i'll send y'all later it's um it was posted by mtv this year for what would have been britney's 45th birthday and it's just her going to blockbuster and there's just so much life and personality oh, and yeah it's it's very like you know it's like you're watching a friend like go to like a video rental place and it's mm-hmm. just like super cool um like she's like i love the wedding singer and it's like what a wow. career she had yeah 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 yeah, yeah. seriously and she and was like, fucking on king of the hill mm-hmm. yeah yeah and and like there's this one moment towards the beginning when like she just knows how to like work the camera when she's like we're here on west and eighth avenue and then she like points to the cam the camera to like show the the uh street sign mm. <laughs> but um have you have i ever watched like it's the dvd extras to clueless no that sounds incredible though they're so good they like have like so many like moments that are just amazing and like um like there's one moment where um amy heckerling was like yeah i I don't i didn't i never saw um um i never saw britney murphy like before this movie like i don't I don't know if she did any acting or anything. And then, like, it just cuts to Brittany Murphy being like, yeah, so I acted in Boy's World and, like, da-da-da and da-da-da and da-da-da. <laughs> just, like, correcting Naming, naming right. off credits. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. There was also, so funny. Yeah. There was also one moment with, I forget the the character or the guy's name, but the guy who played the guy that Alicia Silverstone had a crush on who turned out to be gay there's a moment where he was like yeah there's so much like good dialogue in the movie and lots of good expressions but you know it doesn't it didn't capture where i'm from like we said stuff like (laughs) you gotta hurdle your feet and you gotta (laughs) milk that (laughs) car or stuff and then it just cut to like just a screen it just was like we have we checked with everyone. We have no idea what the fuck these mean. <laughs> <laughs> if any of you haven't seen Clueless, check it I out. Know, yeah, seriously. I'll, and I guess like I feel like it's my turn to like. What is the start of the episode? I feel like it's my turn to name a Brittany Murphy performance that mm-hmm. you know is sort of overlooked. Um, yeah. Uh, what's that? In Penny and Marshall's final film, we're editing cars with boys very very good don't just you know watch it for Brittany Murphy but it's a great movie like overall she plays the best friend to Drew Barrymore's character who the film focuses on and you know it feels like Murphy's uh, best friend has her own movie going on while the entire story is happening it feels like one of those like lived in uh, organic friendships that's like so like so incredible to to watch unfold and uh, it feels like there's backstory before the the movie even begins. It's just, yeah, it's the energy yeah, that, that Barrymore so and 
Murphy probably generated on that set could power a solar <laughs> solar yeah, system. Seriously. They're like two chihuahuas. It's just like <laughs> like hi, 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 how's it going? Yeah. Right. It's just like they're two. That's so that's so funny to think about. Yeah. Um, and Lorraine Brock, like that cast is so good. Like Steve Zahn is in it and Lorraine Lorraine Brocco. Second mention um, of Steve Zahn on the podcast. Shout yeah, out. Yeah. yeah, no, seriously. It's one of my one of my faves. Um yeah, and uh, before we get into another episode of the Best International Feature Oscar winners, let's discuss what we've been watching recently. If anybody would like to begin, the floor is yours. I've been watching, so I'm officially done with uh, my winter term, and, or no, sorry, my fall term. Jesus Christ, winter just started. Um, And so now before I go on Christmas vacation, I'm now like watching movies for the first time in forever. Uh, so I've seen like over the last like four days, I've seen like seven movies. Um, so I'm just going to go r- round them off real quick and say good, bad or, you know, or whatever. Just like one word. OK, the big four, the new Timo movie. Please watch. It's on Netflix. Very good. Uh, Beast, Idris Elba came out this year. Fine. Um, the climax kind of sucks. Uh, the guilty, the last year with Jake Gyllenhaal, fun. Fook was a funny, fun trash director. Um, mm. it, it politics I mean, are, are you fucking, s- well, politics are fucking are you, weird. I don't are you know. Supporting Fuqua don't miss. Are good no. No, 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 no. I haven't seen the new one where fucking <laughs> Mark Wahlberg plays a Japanese man or whatever the fuck. I haven't uh, seen that. Yeah. I haven't seen the Emancipation. Yeah. So no, I'm infinite, not saying. Uh, everyone remembers Infinite. Right. Uh, I'm not. I have not. No comments for, on Fuqua and his miss to miss to uh, <laughs> make ratio. I liked Law Abiding Citizen. That's also trash and has bad politics. Or not bad. Weird politics, like libertarian politics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. um this the <laughs> gu- guilty also kind of questionable politics right. that that was but the guilty was one where it's like we're in lockdown you want to make a movie you know where it just kind of like gets yeah it's a remake yeah. um i haven't i didn't see the original because i feel like we might cover the original at some point mm-hmm. um uh the remake you know it's definitely i could tell when people say this was americanized even if i didn't see the original i'm like yeah i could see this is definitely like kind of a broad broad brush here uh jill and hall's good the location works uh good vo- vocal acting by riley kilo akio and um uh peter Sarsgaard. Well, so yeah uh ethan hawk makes has a role ethan. Yeah. vocal nice. vocal role but yeah yep. uh spl2 aka kill zone 2 with uh tony yaw and simon yam uh directed by wilson yip on high uh i know jack's gonna fucking bust bust uh bust a gasket laughing uh because anytime i mention that streaming service um very good uh it's a it's a it's kind of like a sequel to it's not really a sequel they call it the thing with like chinese blockbusters um is that they'll make movies like a series of films even though they have no connection to each other it's very strange uh someone will someone who knows more about hong kong cinema will explain it better than i can but um, but yeah, Kill Zone 2, it's great. One of the best final fight scenes I've seen in a very long time. Uh, Tony Yaw is really great. And Simon Yam, constant collaborator with um, uh, Johnny Toe. And uh, mm-hmm. oh. uh, what's his name? The other actor who I love so much. Uh, Louis Koo. He's also incredible in it. Um, 
I then I watched the spiritual sequel that was also directed by Wilson Yep, that stars Louis Koo and has Tony Yaw in a um in a supporting role, Paradox, also good on high uh safe, the J- Jason Statham thriller, fine. It's it has some decent action, it's very much straight down the middle. And I just watched the villainous for the first time last night. Uh, the it, it it's it's kind of started off the GoPro shit or wait not maybe not started off maybe it was a year after I think it was a year after Hardcore Henry actually. Well, whatever. It's another attempt at the GoPro shit with like first person action. It only does that in the opening scene and kind of stops doing that later on. Um, really complicated plot, kind of messy. Uh, I think it kind of like I think it tortures its main character too much. It's almost drama or trauma porn at some points, um, especially like the ending. Um, but it's good action, decent acting, captivating. It was decent. Yeah, it was pretty good. I, I haven't seen like a great movie recently. Um, <laughs> all right, guys. Killzone 2 is decent. Um, Killzone 2 is probably, and Killzone 2 and the big four are probably the two great movies I've seen as of late. But. What's important is that you're watching films. I know, not but, I, but I can't watch anything that's not action or thriller related for right yeah. now. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> you're just my bread and butter. Okay. Uh, and by the uh, way, context for Food Quad Don't Miss, Friend of the Pod, Logan Kenny, oh God. has this um, He hasn't seen Emancipation. I want to make that clear. Yes, he has. Himself. Oh, he has. Did he like it? Oh, yes, he has. I mean, listen, look, look at the look, look at the statement. Look, the uh, you know, uh, God. it's it's an idea that Antoine Fuqua, American uh, filmmaker, uh, you know, libertarian. has <clears throat> libertarian has no miss ratio is just all wins mm-hmm. in the you know in the in that column but it's it's a fascinating argument of uh of someone whose opinions we deeply admire um that's a fun rundown i i, I like that that you have this like corner that you're um that you're yeah i'm watching right all now. the dad dad and dad and <laughs> action movies i was that's just gonna I'm say that right yes. <laughs> dad cinema is where yeah. my bread and butter is yeah. right now i don't have to tell you um, yeah. um <laughs> i really wish the beast movie was better people said it was better yeah because it really works for like two-thirds idris carry idris and charlotte copley they carry a weak-ass fucking script the directing is pretty decent it's just the and i feel like it would be a cormac so much of a guy. wet heart like we we talked about this on attack the block when leia saw that film because like he's so, he's so in that zone of like the the trashy thriller Right, and it has everything to make it a good trashy thriller. It's just the ending. It's just such a fucking. It's just a. It's just a real sigh. It's just like a yeah. whoopee cushion. It's just like Jesus. Okay, I guess that it. The, yeah. You think there's just gonna be like, this like, grand this final ending. confrontation, and it just kind of happens, and you're like, okay, this was fucking. It, it kind of bummed me out because I think people, uh, some people that I trust, like it more than I do, but I was mm. really kind of. That ending really kind of ruined it yeah. for me. But Idris is great in it. And Chartel, I need a movie with Michael Smiley and Chartel Copley tomorrow. I need mm. a buddy comedy with those two, you know, those two guys. I don't know what to nice. tell you. That's yeah. what I need. They, they have, they have, they will combust. They, they have, have the same, they have similar, the similar energy. They're both weirdos. Get yeah. them in a movie and figure it out. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. I'll write know, a spec for, script for it. I mean, Fuck speaking it. of uh, dad cinema, uh, friend of the pod dan mecca loves uh cormac and, and what he's doing out there um yeah i love yeah that's yeah i should i, should I need to see a drift too. 
I need to see. Yeah, it yeah, yeah. I I've only seen Everest by him, and I remember like oh, yeah. theaters. Like that was that was like a solid like workman like you know the CGI in Beast is actually pretty decent. I was surprised yeah. really? for something yeah. you wouldn't think. Yeah, like I mean, because yeah. you know they didn't use a real fucking lion. Um, they didn't do. Wait, what? What's that? What's that movie that like a bunch of people got mauled? Oh, uh, uh, roar, roar, roar. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't roar. So Idris Elba didn't actually get mutilated by a lion. Um, but no, the CGI was actually pretty solid mm-hmm. until until the very end with that climax mm-hmm. uh, when they try to do CGI with Idris Elba, and then it's bad. Mm-hmm. It's bad. <laughs> you weren't expecting that, but it's woof. Yeah. Ooh, Interesting. Bad, bad, bad. Mm-hmm. Oh, speaking of roar, uh, guess how many people got mauled on the set? Isn't it like dozens? It's like it's like a big number, right? I'm gonna say five. Um um 70 holy shit yeah Mm -hmm. yeah oh i bet there okay there probably is a (laughs) wide spectrum of the severity of injuries severe injuries but like you know like one person lost a leg another person like got scratched so but still it's like that's Mm. 70s you guys remember that um show the horse show um where they just couldn't stop killing all those horses Oh yeah, was it luck? Was it called luck? luck? I think it maybe. Yeah, was. yeah, it's the know. Michael Mann show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just they yeah. kill so many horses they couldn't stop. They're just yeah. like, you gotta kill all these horses. You gotta kill all these horses. Or, I mean, like obviously I'm joking, but they but it was getting to a comical like even though it's not funny, it is kind yeah. of funny because they yeah. just, they couldn't find they could not stop finding a way to just murder murder a horse. Mm-hmm. It's like the opposite of the Gordy situation in Nope. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um which is Terry did Terry Notary do that? He was the guy, right? Yeah. The, because I for a minute thought it was Steve Zahn because Zahn does some ape stuff in war. And I didn't mm-hmm. know if he was fully committing to the um motion capture thing. Yeah, it was the I, guy from uh from well, actually well, I was just gonna say it was the guy from the square, uh, and the square is also nominated uh the same year. Our movie today is well, um, yeah, and he does, and he does. He's like the new circus, as in yes. he's the guy you call for all the motion capture stuff. Mm-hmm. He worked, yeah. he, uh, he worked with pretty much every. He worked on all the eight movies. Um, he and he's in like he's in the Avengers: Infinity War. I think he's playing like two separate characters or whatever. Like he is all the motion cap. He's mm-hmm. the motion capture guy now, since Circus is now like a legitimate actor and director. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. I can't wait to do those eight movies. Yeah. Can't oh, yeah. That'll be a big deal. Oh, yeah. Should yes. we do all three? Ah, uh, that's that's been my question is because one is directed by Rupert Wyatt and the other two. Oh, are yeah, that's right. Matt Reeves. And it's like, oh, yeah. I, I haven't seen those. That'll be good to, to, yeah, to see. it's interesting. Yeah. They're definitely connected, but they definitely have a different directing yeah. style. So I don't know. Um, huh. Interesting, but that's another conversation yeah, for another day. conversation. Jack, what have you been watching lately? Oh, um, I'm going next. Uh, I will name a television show. Uh, oh my god, had its television show, a TV show, um, on home box o- home box office. Ooh, um, maximum, and it finished its second season, uh, this year. And speaking of podcasts. Uh, the watch celebrated this show and I went back to its first season and it's really, really just 
really gripping uh, in industry. I've heard it described as succession meets euphoria mm. in a few places, which sounds um, utterly repulsive, for, but it really gets, it really nails that, that like what you wouldn't expect, but it really, it really sets you into this world of, of this like a high stress finance environment. And every actor is like, every actor under 30 is like so superb um I, i'm only done with season one and it really feels like there's this large sprawling ensemble but you really follow like eight people but it, it, it kind of like that world feels so big that it's um it's it's really great i recommend it um, nice. nice excited for season two valerie faye keaton is here with us what have you been watching lately so what i've been watching lately is let's see so uh, yesterday, I saw at the review here in Toronto, I saw, a fe- um, so there's this one theater and they, uh, once, one Sunday every month, they do silent movies and they did, first they showed Kid Auto Races at Venice, the first Charlie Champ, the first Charlie Chaplin uh, Tramp movie or oh. short. Very fun. Very cute. And then afterwards, we watched uh, Buster Keaton's The General and just a masterpiece, just a ultimate masterpiece. I was supposed to also see Eyes Wide Shut yesterday, but mm. the subway went down like midway through. <laughs> oh, wow. Just, like, oh, um, no no uh, Kubrick for you. Yep. <laughs> That's what no they Kubrick's said on the, best like, for you. Speaker. Yeah. Yeah. Anti Kubrick. Yeah. And. <laughs> Then, uh, besides that, recently I saw the the original uh, Peter Sellers Pink Panther. It's mm. okay. It's, oh, I saw you tweet about it. Yeah, yeah. It's like you're yeah. on a physical comedy kick right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Just always on that um, physical comedy kick like this. Gonna, I'm sure, like within the next week or two, I'm gonna watch another Jerry Lewis movie. So. Yeah. Have you seen Sherlock Jr.? Sherlock Jr. is so fucking good. Okay, I was gonna say because I gotta watch that. I saw that in the film class, and it was it was one of the times in my life that gave me hope for the next generation when it came to cinema watching, Uh, because it was like a bunch. Some of these, some of the people in my class weren't even like big film nerds or whatever. They Mm -hmm. were just like taking the class, and even they were just like, "Holy fuck! How Mm. do they do this? This is Mm -hmm. incredible." (laughs) Even like, you know, some like, you know, people who are on TikTok 24 hours a day are were kind of mm-hmm. just like, this is awesome. This is blo- I was blown away. No offense to yeah. TikTok users, but you know what I mean? Um, no, for sure. <laughs> but it's just so that was I have a special memory of that movie. Nice. Um, yeah. Just because people because I was OK, you guys are not doomed. Like you can consume <laughs> art that's not from this era. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's always like a push and pull with people from like uh like talking to people like I remember at my last job I was talking to someone I forget what movie I was talking about but I was talking about some movie and uh she was just like yeah any movie really made but before like 1990 I just have no interest in and I'm just like there's so much I know there's so much (laughs) it's one of those things you also when I hear that I have to like try my best not to be mean Mm -hmm. or like be condescending because I know 
because I know that there I'm there's stuff with me like I'm not an ad I'm not a big reader and if mm-hmm. I'm talking to a big reader who's like, like who I haven't read their you know like x book and or whatever and they're gonna be like you haven't read that so I have to remember in my mind that I'm in a similar position to them just with a different subject matter oh, yeah, so sure. I have to just be like you should maybe watch some of those movies instead of just mm-hmm. like are you fucking kidding me yeah are you serious right now yeah. It's like when I hear the subtitles thing, it's one of those things where I'm just like, don't freak out, don't freak out, be measured, be measured. Mm-hmm. I think you should watch more of those. Instead yeah. of just like, <laughs> fucking illiterate, what are you doing? Yeah, It's one of those things that you just have to grab onto anything that you can then branch out to like a new part of the conversation without being right and that's going to encourage them more if you're like positive about it yeah the thing is if you scream at them you're like you need to watch this they're not gonna that's not gonna be something like super that's not gonna motivate them Mm -hmm. that's just gonna put them off of it even more so i always have to remember that yeah Uh, and that's why it's good when like classes show like sherlock jr and stuff like that because like kind of need those accessible things to like get your foot in the door yeah and then or even if it's not necessarily ex- accessible and but you show it to them and just are like think about this for a while and then yeah. maybe by the next week they're like you know what i was thinking about like this short film and actually it does do something interesting i feel like i feel like yeah so much of it is showing and just like letting people kind of form their own opinions like don't even like give like an intro to the thing just be like and letting let the cat let the text like speak for itself like right that's classic like classic auteur cinema like wish you were here something Mm -hmm. like from 2013 you know i'm just kidding um but you know it's (laughs) it was one of those things that you know i I remember like with film classes that had like a, a smaller sample size that it's like you get more of a uh like a personal conversation just just because like there's a smaller group mm-hmm. rather than yeah. Like, yeah yeah what it, it's funny my fa- my favorite film professor i had so far i had disagreed with how he made his curriculum like because he would focus on like very specific movies and they mm-hmm. were all pretty new and and that was because he was trying to reach out to you know his, his students but i I thought that was just a bit flawed and it's not like he he was giving us MCU movies or whatever, but it was like Annihilation and mm. um, uh, the Duplass Brothers movies of Elizabeth Moss. Um, I the one I love? It. Yes, that and like um, Moonlight and like, you know, these like movies, movies, movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was one like the like I think the, the most left field he got was the lives, um, the lives of others, mm-hmm. um, nice, which is great. But it was one of those things where I'm like, you should show earlier stuff, and even if it's like 60s, 70s, and just kind of have trust that they can come to the text. Yeah, but, all of that mm-hmm. is like for the yeah. last 20 years. Yeah, and yeah, he, and he, and, but he, much, and he made yeah. that known. Like he wasn't like that wasn't like a, a hidden agenda. He was like, I'm trying to reach out to you guys, and I, and I understand that in a way. But I also think that in my other film class, even though I liked her as a, I didn't like her as much, but she, I liked her curriculum more. It's like Ugetsu and the uh, uh, Rosetta, the Dardenne's movie and mesh um uh rebel without a cause um 
uh strangers on a train like mm-hmm. and also like hale county um good morning good evening this morning good. this evening this evening thank you um so it's like it was an eclectic amount you know movies and stuff like that and they're different mm-hmm. classes but it was one of those things where i'm just like just have a little more trust in us sure. i guess yeah, and i'm not sure. saying he, and he's probably been he's probably been like beaten down over the years of just like no i see what you mean being yeah. like oh my god this fucking like i, I think we've all felt it but like as the perspective of the student we're like Ugh, i want to form my own syllabus and like you know yeah, just, just right. be like, i could do so much of a, not i could do a better job but like i i feel like i, I have my own take on this. i would yeah right. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. like like it's sort of like how every film uh fan wants to own and operate their own movie theater they also mm-hmm. want to be their like a film professor oh <laughs> certainly they, they just have that dream of like you know i think every every film's fan film fans wet dream is for someone to come up to them and say can you program a festival for me <laughs> and just like they fucking like right. come almost immediately like yes <laughs> i would love to please <laughs> funny you should ask uh yeah like I like everyone like more everyone wants to have a stranger come up to them disheveled and tired and be like Ugh, i can't do this anymore here take this and it's like a syllabus for a film course <laughs> but all of the all of the like the weeks are like scribbled out and like it's blank so you get to write in your own uh your own program but you know, rain, 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 uh, Jack and Clay. This is a new Beverly, and we're giving you uh, every this weekend is Quentin Tarantino. of March 2023. What are you playing? Jack, Clay, this is Quentin Tarantino. I'm out of ideas, man. I don't know what movies to show anymore. Okay, if you Tarantino's on the phone, that's like a terrible Tarantino. You have to like really commit. No, I know, I know, I know. Yeah. I'm not going to try to do that. It's going to, I don't even yeah, oh, I can't wow, all right. I can't, I can't even do that either. But you know, it's it, it really, <laughs> yeah, it really is the dream. But um, I think I just not, I think I just want to make a short film of just like this random dude on the street, just like, like looks like he's about to die or whatever. He's yeah. just like, he grabs you by the shoulders as he's limping <laughs> down. He's like, make a film festival for me. <laughs> just like his last <laughs> wish. Go to the side. What's playing? I can. Oh. <laughs> Program. <laughs> what is competing for the Palm Door? Just and it's just like, oh my god, this is my shining moment. I've been waiting all my <laughs> life. Oh, we're, yeah, we're so, yeah. I feel like every film fan has to be somewhat of a narcissist because they have to believe that they have like seriously the taste to it's a, really. Yeah, I feel like if Tarantino was actually calling us, it would be Norm Macdonald as tarantino um <laughs> the late norm but you know it's mm-hmm. it's one of those things where where you know just, I, you can just like see it so vividly too mm, yeah 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 with so much of like yeah film phantom it is just like you become like your own curator and you become yeah. like this like champion of like directors where it's like no i am like i know everything about penelope spheres you think you know Wayne's World? I know it 20 times better than yeah. you do. Right, 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 right. <laughs> it's all this yeah, one upsmanship, right? Uh-huh. Mm. Yeah, totally. Because it's like Wayne's World is not 
the SNL spinoff comedy. It's a Penelope Spheres film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of funny and like revisionism that way. Yeah. Um, what do we say we get to um, today's A Fantastic Woman? Yeah. Um, like Clay mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. um, he's back <laughs> after a <laughs> um, yeah. uh, friend of the show, Sydney Urbanek, chose Gloria Bell uh, a few years ago or last year rather and and we had all not seen it before mm-hmm. i had i had, i'll start that i had at least see, or, or knew what it was about that it was described from a few places from what i saw as um hitchcock by way of Almodovar, that that was sort of its elevator pitch that it was like socially realist but also like in this in this tight thriller package. Which movie are you talking about? Um, a Fantastic Woman or yeah, uh, yeah, this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, this one. <laughs> Sorry. But um this, you know, and then I I, I was thinking about it today actually, like I, I had seen images and um saw it championed by David Ehrlich because he oh, put it in those video countdowns. You guys like the the one where it's like edited to like music and everything is like going to reveal like his number one movie of, of the year. Um, those are fun and like harmless, but um, yeah, I, you know, like him can, mm-hmm. what did you guys know about the movie going in? I know I saw it when it like won uh, the Academy award. Mm-hmm. Same. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was like early 2018. Right. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh, and like, I, I remember it so vividly, like the, that moment, just because, like, I um, did uh, for a little bit of autobiographical stuff that was uh, uh, about like six months before I came out as trans. And so, like, I saw that and it was kind of surreal to see a trans woman like winning for this for this movie and just sort of like and then I just was like I looked into the movie but I never saw it I just was like that's really cool and I was just like oh this uh, Daniela Vega is very cool but basically never never thought to like actually watch the movie and been like years later I have watched it and I have opinions but I'll wait to tell those Clay what is your experience with uh, a fantastic woman if any Habla una amiga de Orlando. Yo soy. Sí, sí, sé quién es. ¿Qué pasa es que Orlando se empezó a sentir pésimo? Orlando. Se murió. Se murió. Su pareja. Sí, su pareja.
nada. Orlando es un ser querido para mí. things that I feel like maybe I don't know if this is probably not just me but I have I'm trying to remember when I knew something like like what I knew and when I knew it because now I obviously know this was directed by um the same director who did Gloria and I have no idea if I knew that beforehand because it feels like that might have come up I might have been looking on his IMDb at some point mm-hmm. um I didn't know the particulars of it I this is also I... the follow-up to Gloria, the original one. The original, okay, yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That... Um, I don't think I really knew it was about a trans woman until, like, we were preparing. I was preparing to watch it, and then I, like, did, like, Googling or whatever. Um, I don't... It was interesting. I feel like I should have known more about it, because 2017 was for sure the time of oscars i think i was still at that point where i wasn't paying attention i was still at my 17 year old uh american dumbassery uh with (laughs) not caring about international features Mm -hmm. um so that might have been why i had no real context for it Mm -hmm. um but it does feel like now whatever you think about the movie that this was it's kind of weird that this wasn't a bigger deal am i wrong mm-hmm. i feel like the, like for it to win best um best foreign film i guess i don't know it, did i'm trying to think of something similar to that was did, did boys don't cry win anything it won angelina jolie the oscar you mean um hillary or, or um hillary swank oh my god jesus um that was around okay. the same time as girl interrupted uh oh, yeah. but you know it's like I, it's so also, I guess there's I mean, some precedent going I don't know it's yeah. some precedent but also like our, I mean in that same area it was Chile's second Oscar win in general as uh a few years earlier you have um no or what was the it, it was just a uh, um oh my gosh uh bear story we, we all remember seeing that one it won best animated short um, and then we cut to this. Chile has now won its uh, its Oscar, but then yeah, of course, like its first trans focused uh, feature to 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 be celebrated, and like also like Danielle Vega is like the first openly trans person to be on the Oscar stage. Like she yes. introduced um, uh, Sufjan Stevens to perform Love mm-hmm. or. Uh, um, Oh my gosh, I visions of Gideon for uh, uh Colin Barry name, but yeah, no, she introduced it, she introduced it. She introduced yeah. Sufjan Stevens to perform wow. uh, in uh the first, you know, but uh yeah, I okay, this comparison is not gonna make any sense. Just for, just please bear with. But it oh sort God. of reminds me of bear with. I cannot if this is enough. Um it reminds me of Ingrid Goes West in how like in 2017 it was sort of talking about things that like 
are more of a conversation now, but it, it almost like got the ball rolling mm-hmm. um, as like some, some things that are like still like around that, that, that we have like the, the conversation about uh, transphobia and, and what have you, what have you, mm-hmm. but, but it's a, uh, yeah. And, and, and like, you know, like, like we talked about in that episode that um, the idea of an influencer on film, it's like only just begun in that, in that movie. Mm-hmm. I see what you're saying. It, how yeah, it's right. starting, it becomes more common as yeah, it goes right. along. Yeah. But, but, it, and the funny thing is that 2017 was like in the uh, latter half of the decade, but yet it feels like so far away right now. Very good point. Yeah. It feels forever. It feels like a <laughs> lifetime ago. We were in high school. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Don't remind me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so something I do want to uh, shed light on um, in the way that it impacted maybe not like North America, but specifically Chile. Uh, once once the movie did win the international Oscar, it did, it did give leverage for uh, queer activists in Chile to... Mm-hmm. It really accelerate local discussions on like um, a gender identity bill in in the country that was about like uh, name yeah. change and yeah. like uh, gender marker change uh, and it helped get anyone like over the age of 14 the ability to do that and it was signed into law in late 2018 so um, I, I want to just say that because like no matter my opinion on the movie, it is a good thing this movie got made and won the Oscar for, if nothing else, that reason. So absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And that was one of my like when I was watching it, I'm just kind of like. What? I'm glad. This exists. Mm-hmm. It's just to a point where I'm getting, and this is funny because this is, or not funny, but it's interesting because I mentioned The Villainous earlier, a very different movie. It's action, Korean, um, totally different plot, has no real connection to a fantastic woman at all. But one of my main criticisms of The Villainous is its absurd cruelty to the main character. Mm-hmm. As in, it gets to a point where it feels like this doesn't really make sense story-wise, and this is, and you're not giving, you're just making her a trauma magnet, mm-hmm. as in yes. a magnet for all trauma to take, like, to, like she attracts it, mm-hmm. she attracts drama. I'm trying to say trauma, and now it sounds like I'm saying drama. I'm saying trauma. <laughs> um, and I wouldn't say this film, this film, obviously this film makes more sense in that context of existing as a trans woman mm-hmm. uh, in society is a traumatic experience. However, it's one of those things where if you make that the entire movie, you're getting to a point where you're losing the human aspect. Yeah. Where... <laughs> they're only there to exist to suffer yes. rather than be a full person mm-hmm. and 
I feel like male directors do this more. Um, and obviously there's a difference between discussion, discussing how women are portrayed generally in trans women. Like there's different layers there, but just in general, it just feels like men think, and this is a very didactic reading, but it just from what it just because, just because I watched the villainous and I watched this back to back, it's just mm-hmm. how I'm thinking is that I feel like a lot of male directors think that the more trauma you pour onto a female character, the more depth it equals, or it's more, mm-hmm. it makes it more of a yes. layered or, you know, deeper movie when I just think that is arrogance and um, short sighted. It actually is the opposite of yeah. that. It feels empty. Right. Um, yeah. But, you know, it, cause yeah, I think Lelio, uh, sometimes the webs are crossed at certain points where it's like you have three sides to this. You have uh, sort of like the investigation mm-hmm. going on where it's like, it is sort of like this procedural in a way, the uh, microaggressive transphobia that you see Marina facing uh, when she's trying to talk to the people that she needs to talk to. And then the tension that comes about uh trying to cooperate with Orlando's family and being like, listen, I'm uh who Orlando left his wife for. And mm-hmm. what what would you where do I fit into all of this? Yeah. And some something that was a freak accident that I had nothing to to do. I was there, but I had nothing to do with. And mm-hmm. uh I, I, in, like that's like as uh Danny Vega was a consultant before starring in the film. Mm-hmm. I, I think I, I'll, I think, you know, that's points for um, Sebastian Lilia for me. Cause I just think like listening to interviews and hearing him talk about the movie, like he was very aware of like his position in uh, making this, but, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's, it's a tough act to juggle those, those three sides of the movie. Yeah. Um, I, trying to figure out how i'm gonna say this okay so right this is everything when i was thinking about okay we're gonna record yeah. this and it's all gonna be us just being like how do we like taking this? a moment right right yes. right, right, right. Mm-hmm. yeah i feel like um, how, how do you say the director's name again sebastian. i say it's sebastian lelio but Le- i feel like i only realized that like today okay. and i must and if i go back to our gloria bell episode it'd be like sebastian leo and i'm mm-hmm. like what <laughs> but that's only because i i think Is that. He spanish or chilean, chilean. Or okay. okay yes so he has very good english though interesting so basically what i was what i'm my takeaway from this movie is i feel like i feel like there's a lot of stuff that Sebastian does correctly, like casting uh, Vega in his role and just like really giving many, many moments for her to like for Vega to have an interiority, like just in like kind of a reaction and leaving so much to just her. And I Vega is so good in this movie just like like just such a good like 
internal performance like such a great reactive face just so good my issue like you were saying clay i feel like i feel like he does rely a bit too much on like going straight to like pure like martyrdom for for her yes and i feel like it does like frequently go there and like i feel like a movie that I was thinking about a lot while watching this was um, Tangerine. Uh, mm. It's been and, a while since I've seen it. Yeah, me too. Uh, same for me, but it kind of this this has just been a thought that has been roaming through my head for like a couple months now, where I've been thinking about how like both of the stars of Tangerine. Neither of them have really gotten too much outside mm. of that in the past few years. Meanwhile, Sean Baker has mm. had like a huge increase in his career. And it's like, it kind of, and I like Tangerine, I want to say, but I feel like there's this, in, there's this like, in movies that are like written and directed by straight men starring trans women, I feel like there's this like almost didactic feel to it because it yes. doesn't it it covers all the external realities of like trans life and how mm. it's so frustrating, but it doesn't. I saw Will uh, Willow McClay write this on Larvox. Very good and, review very very good review uh if you have not read it out of uh, people listening check it out it's like there's very little space for the interiority the space the, the, but i will give this mark to sebastian i did feel like the recurring motif of of marina just just practicing punching and punching like the thing in the casino and mm -hmm. at her later apartment punching like the punch ball before leaving i feel like that is the closest thing to like seeing interiority to, your, to her and seeing how like this martyr and i also want to say like even though i do think it is martyrdom and so much of the like moments of her are kind of exaggerated i do also feel like there are certain things in this where it does kind of show the reality of like how like they're not everywhere but there are some uh cis people who do like who are like malicious in this particular way like uh oh yeah at a at the uh retail job i was mentioning before we started recording like like if I, if anything went wrong with like their purchase they would just immediately attack me and like right just maliciously talk to me and misgender me and whatnot so those people exist out there and it is like i just feel like um so, so i feel like it does get certain realities of that and how like how frustrating it is of just kind of the never-ending barrage but there are also just things that feel like kind of atonal just with like 
with the ex-wife saying that like to her face that she's a perversion i was literally just thinking that as you were saying that it's just that was immediately popped in my head Mm -hmm. yeah that is that was one of the scenes that and the scenes of the sun like Mm. at the apartment those were like the two that kind of stuck out to me of just like this is not how like 80 percent of it works 80 percent i'd say works of like the transphobia they show of like when they say a a a name they'll say a wrong name right (laughs) or like things along those lines but like it's very I feel like that last 20% is my problem is is it goes too far down in the deep end I'd say um another great review um on letterbox I hate to have the podcast just to be about good reviews on letterbox but um (laughs) doing the work for us uh Uh, Juan, Juan Barkin. Um, I don't know how to pronounce the last name, unfortunately. Uh, is it Bark? Whatever. Um, I've heard it. They Bark had Juan. a Bark Juan. Perfect. They had a great review. Um, and they mentioned how this at sometimes it feels like a checklist mm-hmm. of yes. bad things that happen to trans women. Mm-hmm. Um, and they pointed out the scene in um the wake where the girl just starts crying randomly. Mm. Yes. And those are the moments where it feels like Sebastian is losing touch with like, what the fuck is he trying to say with that in a way? Like that moment in particular is like, what the fuck is your point that Mm a little girl would cry at the sight of a trans woman. That's just not, that's not reality. Yes. That's just not how that works. And Mm -hmm. it's also, it's kind of monstrous to even think, think that happens because Mm -hmm. that's just that there, that's a whole other bag of tricks. Um, Mm -hmm. That's just a, that's a Pandora's box kind of I thinking that disturbed me a little bit, but Mm -hmm. it's also, the only time, like the only reason her character has even something close to a three-dimensional character is because what you're saying, Valerie, is just like her internal presence, her internal acting, her yeah. facial reactions, her the way she carries herself, her physical demeanor, as in like her posture and the way she walks and the way she stares into space and that kind of thing. Mm. Um and, and I, we'll get to favorite scene, obviously, later. That's how we end the podcast. But a scene that stood out to me that I was just like, this, and I, I always hate the mindset of this should have been the movie or like, this is how I would fix the movie. Sure. I think yeah. that's a bad way to approach criticism in a lot of ways. But something the like the bright moment of this movie to me is that it flirts with this surrealist idea of you know her seeing or you know orlando and having and like hallucinating and all these like kind of very vague spiritual elements that kind of go nowhere Mm -hmm. but there's this moment when she's in the nightclub and she especially um, with the lighting in the in the sauna right Mm -hmm. yeah when she's in the nightclub she has this you know vision of her in this dance number 
wearing these costumes. And to me, that moment is so much more interesting yes. than just repeating the same point of people are horrible to trans women mm-hmm. again and again. Yeah, Because that shows interiority, that shows imagination, that shows her thought process, how she sees herself, her own representation, how she wants to um, use her creativity, what mm-hmm. her outlet is. Of course, it's internal, it's like it's not real, but it has this vivid view of her creative thinking and her um how she wants to present herself yes in art and mm-hmm. also in, in like you know in, in physically with the choice of costumes and mm-hmm. what dance she wants to do and mm-hmm. like that kind of moment and like she as like swings up to the camera at one point with the light mm-hmm. shining on her yeah, and having her just like be the star of the show, and I'm that shot like, was the movie's Oscar clip too. Yep, it's like and it's I because that's the best fucking that, scene, and it makes it sense is. why, right? Yeah, that's just mm-hmm. sort that's of like the, the, the that's the moment in the movie where you feel like there's some kind of actual grounding to who she is as mm-hmm. a person. A billion percent, yes. Yeah, it's the <sighs> it's the weird pivot where it's like Sebastian Leo. You know, it makes the point I think in in Gloria Bell too, where it's like a little a little bit of like his feet are off the ground he wants to make the movie fly but it doesn't have like the juice to get there yes um like you know you're you're a filmmaker who are who is interested in stories about women but it's but grounds it in such reality when the people around your main focus are just like like you're you're protagonists are always very reactive mm-hmm. uh to, to the world around around them and and i think marina here is is no different but once you start to insert a scene like that um it then shows to show like, yeah like, like you say it, it shows a side of a movie that you're not making mm-hmm. um yeah it's yeah that, that scene is so interesting mm-hmm. it, it, it you know i also heard like comparisons to like uh shape of water that has that like musical sequence as well yeah. it's like same oscar season but um mm-hmm. do what you will with that mm-hmm. it, it like have i reviewed it was on criterion channel for a bit last year did i review see uh the film Di- diary of a mad housewife oh i always meant to but i've uh, heard of it I, I, I yeah the poster i know it's mm-hmm. like iconic and yeah yeah it's, yeah, it's, and yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. It, it's honestly one of my favorite movies of all time and thinking more about this movie it feels like I feel what it lacks that something like that does which is like the same thing of just having this woman who just is being basically beat into submission just on and on and on and on and just has like you just see her interiority so much is I feel at least that had like a levity to it in which she had like an affair with another with uh franklin franklin jella and actually mm-hmm. his first movie role and mm-hmm. basically um and basically it turns out he's also a piece of shit like her husband but basically there are scenes where you get like a sense of her and a sense of like her background and whatnot and a sense of like 
why she is in the why she is sticking to this marriage and like and this doesn't have any of that or just lacks so much of that where it's just like you don't really there's no point where it's like why did she become a singer there's no point where it's like what the singing game, the singing thing is so underexplored it's crazy yes. to me because mm-hmm. it, it, it you could obviously tell he thinks it's a very big part of the movie because it ends on that but it mm-hmm. has almost no impact on anything mm-hmm. i do yeah. i do i do i do think it's 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 inserted in a place where you just might think of it in i, I don't know like not where we see it end up um mm-hmm. danny vega is actually an opera singer Yes, right. That's right. actually right. I, I, I just did, you know, but which feels like the, that was the only reason they included the singing portions of the fucking movie, right? Because it does nothing yeah. with that to connect it to the character itself. Yeah. It's bizarre. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like that scene just out of nowhere, she, where she was at the um, uh, her like singing coach was just like it just was out of nowhere. Just was like she was there and was like late, and they were like. He was just like, I'm not your therapist. Let's get some singing on. Right. Nothing is established there. There's Mm -hmm. nothing that is revealed. It's just like, it's just one of those things that we just have to, it just kind of fills out the margins Mm -hmm. uh, or like kind of colors into it colors in the, within the lines of who we know Mm -hmm. or like how we, like what we know of her, but it doesn't actually give any depth or substance. It's just kind of like, okay, so she has a professor who she talks to once in a while yeah. and about like her issues and but not really. And she sings and apparently he doesn't want her to sing salsa. But she likes singing salsa for some reason, mm-hmm. um, because I don't know. Yeah, and we don't know what <laughs> she think... actually prefers. Does she prefer you would opera think that... or salsa? Yeah, mm-hmm. you would think like, no, we don't, we don't know. Would have know. like a scene or two more. Cause no. like mm-hmm. that, like the entire other side of the movie, um, that she's facing these, these problems with, as opposed mm-hmm. to a support system and, yeah. and people that she can turn to be like, what can I do here? Uh, it's, it's then like someone like that is, isn't really explored with equal weight that, that the other mm-hmm. side is. It just shows me so much that Sebastian thought that, her life is all about being a trans woman rather mm-hmm. than her just being a singer. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think that's so indicative of how he thinks that someone's gender or someone's gender identity is like makes up all, all the, who they are. Yes. Instead of like, their passion or the reason they because yeah. like if you talked to um marina the character mm-hmm. let's say in real life or whatever i think if you asked her what are you one of her first words would be a fucking singer because yes. that's who she is mm-hmm. and this movie has no interest in that it yeah. has no interest as her as a singer we don't know what actual genre she likes to, we don't know what inspired her to sing we don't know why she keeps on singing we don't know her goals her ambitions we know none of that shit mm-hmm. It's all about the bad things that happened to her because she loved a dude. Mm-hmm. Yep. And because she loved a dude and that dude's ex-family happened to be conservatives. Right. And, 
the thing uh, I was just thinking of, like right now, as we've been talking about this, is they could have even done like a plot line where basically she was like a classically trained like opera singer, and she chose to sing salsa because that lets her like explore more of her like femininity and who she right. is, and maybe even um, Orlando encouraged her to pursue salsa music but she still sticks with this opera singer or this opera mm. teacher because like because he's except he he's not too into this also but he tolerates both and right sees something in her it could have done something like that i just came up with that in four minutes right yeah <laughs> And, and a lot of that stuff is also kind of inferred. Like you could kind of like you like, and I think those are like super like those are the next steps of the story from what yes. we've seen. As in, mm. he's obviously into her salsa, and she's obviously has like this connection to salsa. And I don't know. Like the more I'm thinking, I'm just like I don't even. I, 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 a lot of this movie, for something to be so like emotional, impactful, and metaphorical, I'm left thinking, what the fuck was the point of X, Y, and Z? Yes. Like, I understand what his what the broad strokes were for him making this movie. He wanted to be like, this is what trans women deal with, and it's a very noble pursuit, and I understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, it led to some good, and you know, it. it but to me there's a point where you're not making it about a person anymore you're making it about the experience of that person yes or it's like a capital i issues (laughs) yes yeah and sometimes those can work Mm -hmm. if you maintain interiority of the character which is what he failed to do with this, no matter how well, no matter how well she does, like her acting is incredible. Like, mm-hmm. even if I don't love the movie, I still think she probably, I don't know who the five nominees were that were, were that year, but she probably should have been um, in one of those, in, in like, you know, best lead actress. Like she should have been in the five. Yes. She's Would you like to guess? No, um, I'm too angry. I'm too angry right now. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> I... I just think I'm just it's very frustrating it's very frustrating because I think there is just so many alternatives and opportunities that could have been taken here and the moment when you have like these movies are rarely get made and when you Mm -hmm. have the opportunity to see it kind of and of course this movie has some purpose to it i'm not saying it's purposeless i'm not again i I said before i appreciate its existence but if you have this opportunity it feels like a huge misstep to me to not really focus on the interiority of the person itself agreed agreed you're only going to have a few shots at this Mm -hmm. you have to make them count and it's just when i see this kind of stuff where they don't make it count it makes me just kind of like not even you know, not not even from like an altruistic standpoint, just as a, like a basically like as someone who is interested more in like in like story avenues and wants more fleshed out stories in general for my art to see a person just kind of squander the opportunity when it's right in front of them just makes me mad. 
Mm-hmm. Cause it's just like you fucked up and you didn't need to fuck up, but you did like, you could have easily just not, you could have just made a few more choices and you could have had a different, like just realign your focus a little bit. And then you could have done something great with this and you just kind of fucked it up and it mm-hmm. kind of pisses me off. Yeah. Like it's like you were saying, uh, Clay with the whole, like, what was the point of so many of these scenes like that's what I was kind of thinking through most of the sequences of the um the investigation uh, right and how like especially that scene with like the like um the like um god what's the word the like body inspection or whatever right yeah where it's just like what is this saying (laughs) other than just like she's uncomfortable right now but also right. the cops are disgusted with her body like what what more like what is the reason that this had to be here that whole plot line confused me too yeah. as well i mean because the the cop first pretends that she is like a supporter of mm-hmm. trans women and wants to protect trans women and then I don't know, maybe it's just because that I, I, don't, I actually don't know. <laughs> I, I was trying to figure <laughs> like I, I think maybe it's this idea that even like, you know, these people like to say they're supportive of trans women, but the moment that you challenge them in any way, they re-exert their domination and their power. And how, you know, like, is it like, maybe it's fucking just saying a cab or whatever the fuck. I don't know. But yeah. it just feels at some point, it's just like, why is this taking so long? What are you trying to say? How does this connect to anything else? Mm-hmm. How does this connect to the family? Like, what is the purpose of this? these things? I don't, mm-hmm. I, I just, I, I'm not saying I need the movie to spell it out for me, but I'm just needed to make like, th- like have a real thematic connection. Yeah. Um, besides, it's almost the, like the movie needs to be longer. Yeah. It, it I to, think so. Maybe. And, yeah. Yes, I, and yeah. I guess if, to me, it's like the, there's such a strong visibility mm-hmm. from Marina's characterization to Danny Vega's performance. Yeah. Like that. That line is like so. You know, but it's I, I don't know. I I think that she get she keeps me engaged. That yes. I like the movie. But it's but it's only because of like that. I think it's her and the and like her and the visual language of the film is the thing that makes me think this isn't a bad movie. Mm -hmm. But it makes. But I think I kind of almost wish it was worse because then I wouldn't be so frustrated with it. Yes, it's It's one of those things. Is like I'm not angry. I'm disappointed. Mm -hmm. And not to. And this is like a. And I I know this might sound like a terrible defense. Um, I guess like in two thousand. (laughs) <laughs> nothing good can come from this in, in 2017 mm-hmm. that this might have looked that or you know like, I mean, we were all there but this looked <laughs> better than uh 2022 that it's like five years we can be like you missed this this and this yeah, like, yeah. what and, but like not, not to say like this can't happen right now but i mm-hmm. guess like it's easier to spot than i, I mean there were you know takedowns at the time but mm-hmm. more so this was like widely embraced yes it still has a 94 percent on Rotten tomatoes yes. even yeah it's but like who's embracing that though that's yeah. the thing 
who 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 are the people and i'm not saying this movie doesn't i'm not saying that anyone who liked this movie is wrong i think mm. i actually do i think by technicality like the movie yeah um but i i mean it's what Val said 80 20 right it's like right yeah. <laughs> at one point I, I just i guess what i'm what i'm trying to say at what point do we just if it, if we were making movies today that mm. seemed so like like a revelation like widely seen movies a revelation in its representation of trans people mm-hmm. maybe i would like give this more slack or whatever but it's when it's just like almost zero, like of course you have your independent um filmmakers um uh like uh was it isabella um sandoval yes yep and other prominent like trans filmmakers um so they're they're obviously out there but um, jane schoenbrum like made my world's fair is like in my top 10 of this year like it's so good but they're not but they don't have like the visibility of a sebastian who gets like who works Mm -hmm. with movie stars and is propped up by his government to uh to campaign a movie Mm -hmm. I feel like I feel like so much of what it comes down to uh, for better or for worse it is like it's a cis person making this for cis people to basically just explain what trans misogyny is. And, and, and it's one of those things where I'm like, maybe I want to show like, I don't know, maybe I want to show this to my like my family members who i think are super ignorant and um you know teeter on transphobia mm-hmm. maybe this is a movie to show them but that doesn't make it good art exactly you know? yeah it becomes and that like also it... doesn't make it like a good depiction it just makes it like educational almost yeah, it becomes almost like a john oliver like youtube video or something right <laughs> um, right it's almost yeah watch here this is when you can learn about why this is bad like yeah. this isn't mm-hmm. and i think i think that also goes to the reason why it's a, maybe effective in those terms is mm-hmm. because of the direction the acting because that's what gainers that what garners the most sympathy when i watch a movie yeah. is uh, it's not necessarily the writing it's the directing and the acting it's how are you shooting this person how are they showing like how are they showing their hurt in a way which garners my empathy yeah and this is a very like empathy heavy movie and it works on those levels um it's effective it's just as but conceptually and script wise this is very frustrating yes yeah i guess like the idea of like uh humanizing um you know um trans characters as we see on on screen it, it almost you know years before this um like like 30 years before this like it's uh um what sex am i the documentary from lee grant oh like, yeah yes. i think it was the follow-up to down and out in america which one are the uh the oscar and you know i haven't i've i've been you know i don't know like how how it's aged um mm-hmm. that's when i think of like educational i i think of grant's um documentary because that one's just very much like she's she's a traditional documentarian and like mm-hmm. like uh um uh just like confessional interviews and and talking about an experience and, and relaying information to the audience 
Mm-hmm. And it's interesting where it's like we have something like that from like 86 and then like cut to 2017 and they're like it's sort of like the same um revelations to to an audience but yet for the for the folks who are who have been like uh going living through this for for so long it's like yeah this is nothing new mm-hmm. yeah it's it, it's so frustrating how there's like kind of the same cycles keep happening over and over and over again so like basically like so it's almost at the point where we kind of tell like the exact same stories that we told yeah 30 years ago 40 years ago 50 years ago Mm -hmm. it's just like it keeps spinning that way because like just culture war stuff of just pendulum just swinging back and forth it just means like just the fact that it can be made it becomes like its own reward almost um i just was thinking about this like thinking about like trans art made like this year like i was thinking about like so at tiff i saw i saw the people's joker i was one of the few that got to see the people's joker and that was so perfect at like relaying a uh, trans experience and doing it with like humor and just doing it like in such a way and so <laughs> an audience of like mostly cis people like could get it they got it like just by like because Vera is like an amazing filmmaker that was able to like just do it perfectly and yeah and then like this other movie I saw a tip called Casa Susana that was like um about like uh, this house up in the Poconos of New York, like upstate New York, where uh, there was this like property that was owned by this married couple, one of whom was a trans woman. And basically like a bunch of trans people like could basically stay there because in like major cities, it was, it was still illegal to quote unquote cross-dress. And uh, it was, and like much of the movies talking about the property and talking about the um talking about uh, um or or just people that were there talking about their experience just their whole transition experience as like 85 year olds but the thing was when i went onto larabox after watching a movie and i thought it was great i went onto larabox and most of the like reviews are were and are still like cis people who are like so this is an interesting story but there's no central narrative (laughs) where is that and it's just like you idiots it's right Right. here it's about this whole it's an anthropology of this entire this entire culture this entire thing that you (laughs) so it's like and that was made by a cis guy. I forget the director's name, but just like so, it's like kind of a damned if you do, even like right. Like people mm-hmm. will just like because it doesn't like because trans narratives don't really go with like narrative cinema, like or it's hard for them to. So sometimes it's just like you're just like, huh, this is interesting, but hmm, not a good movie, right? And it's one of those things where, and to get to the more cynical aspect of everything, it's just like Clay's getting cynical. I know, right? <laughs> um, 
if you're going to if you're approaching financiers who want to finance a movie mm-hmm. and your pitch is okay they're a singer and they just happen to be trans they're gonna be like mm, what if it's about being trans mm-hmm. and you're like well not just oh. they happen to be trans right like yes. that's but that's us that's no it's more about them being a singer and they just happen to be because that's you know that's just they're you know they're just like a regular other person and it's like true but what if we made it really because like that's the thing that attracts quote-unquote eyeballs and attention and stuff it's that it's Mm -hmm. making a statement yes Mm -hmm. and so it's one of those things where and and i have no idea what the approach and the development of um a fantastic woman was i don't know the production history or developmental stages i don't fucking know but in but just in i'm thinking more of in a broader industry sense it's just like it's almost you know it's like what recently um not recently i mean this has been happening forever but we've i think people have been paying more attention to this idea of um black trauma films Mm -hmm. um you have your uh antebellum with Janelle Monet, um, that is despicable. I haven't seen it, but from people who've talked about it, from what I've read about the plot and just in general, that whole thing, or you have the Lena Wraith show on um, Amazon that was skewered, or you have fucking all these other movies that are about, like they, like just, you know, about basically being black is being is being in pain it's pure pain and that your existence is to be a martyr and to be uh assaulted by society without that your experience is just defining you it's not just like you have Mm -hmm. nothing else outside of this yeah yes and they're and they're using it and you can and everyone understands how cynically deployed it is especially with something like Annabellum, which is like almost as, you know, it's all these kind of get out um, ripoffs of what if being black in a horror was the horror, like was the villain in a horror movie or whatever. Like it was like, what if the horror was racism? Mm-hmm. And, and they use this in this, like, you know, these big studio films, these big movie stars in such a cynical way that it starts to get to a point where you can't it, it's just explicitly what it is about it is about gaining eyeballs and money and of course that's just how movies like in, in industry and capitalism works in general but it becomes so outwardly and very apparently cynical and kind of like just disgusting that we get to a point where it's like these nothing else can exist. It mm. takes up so much space and so much narrative and so much uh, like time and attention. It's just it's hard for things to like kind of uh, move past it at some point. So, and this is a very long, was a long winded way of me saying this. If I felt like a fantastic woman was a stepladder to get to the good shit. To the shit that really shows 
like widely seen films that show the interiority and empathy and life and like full full three-dimensional character study of a trans woman not mm-hmm. just all the bad shit that happened to her because she loved the dude if we got that movie because this was like this is we needed to get the issues the you know like the white liberal like fucking shit out of the way first fine but that's not what happened and that's not yes. what's happening it's mm-hmm. we're getting stuff that is still this we're just circling back to okay but being a trans woman is pure pain being a trans woman is pure pain and it's just all this and every and every the world hates you and all these things and it's just and we lose the humanity with it and we lose the interiority which of course is good in a broader societal sense and morally good but it also just makes for better fucking movies yeah it's not even like take the moral shit out of it it just makes better movies mm-hmm. i want better movies yeah like <laughs> i like uh, at, for the the main priority of course is accurate uh, accurate and empathetic tra- um representation of trans women but also i just but they just should be better movies <laughs> like shouldn't we all want better fucking movies is that so mm. hard? Like the reason why I mentioned fucking um, like Annabelle, Antebellum, the that movie fucking sucked. That was skewered by critics. Um, the the Amazon, uh, fucking neighbor uh, them white them. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fucking that was skewered. That was fucking hurt. Like like ripped apart. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I just i don't know it's just like it's not Didn't, even um yeah regina hall have a something like that at sundance this year yeah um, i think Master, it was maybe a, a, is it, a is like not, i think it was slightly better than that but it is of the same vein that sales yeah. it still received the same criticisms yeah um it, it's a thing that it's just it's just consistently is it's just it's all and it's you could also follow like or it's also like in the wake of it follows it's just like what if misogyny was the horror movie villain what if not believing victims was the villain in a horror movie like this very much shouting like just like hey look at us we're about something yeah um and of course like david robert mitchell and jordan and monkey pod didn't like it, like they they made great work in in, in of them, themselves, but it's, but it just sucks that it's like of course like like any hit in the industry like that we see the wrong lessons being taken. Uh, and you of, know what you can do to make to have people. Ignore, but we want better movies. Yeah, like right. Said. Right. Well, that's the thing. If you know, you there's a perfect there's a beautiful and perfect way for people to ignore your broad strokes and generalizations that have no substance make a good fucking movie yeah <laughs> that's why i think the invisible man kind of escaped and I, I think there's a little more textured storytelling going there too but it escaped that label of or not fully there's plenty of criticisms towards that and a lot of it valid but that label of being an issues movie because guess what lee Winnell's a good fucking filmmaker he knows mm-hmm. how to craft tension and story and plot and, and, and um uh, in spatial awareness Suspense. Yeah. yeah like he's a good fucking director yeah so it's one of those things where it's like if you're going to make an issues movie make it a good fucking movie yes. or just stop or, or just being like because then there's no if you don't do that then there's no use 
there's no use of it because you're not saying anything interesting and you made a shitty product. Mm-hmm. We yeah. want better movies. We want better movies. Uh, Guys, I, we all, that's, I think we can all agree on that. Yeah. We want better movies. Mm-hmm. But I was looking to see what um, Daniel, Daniela Vega's career has been post this. And I saw she was in, I've not seen this, but she was in a mini series on Netflix called Tales of the City. And was also, this is more recent, is in a, a Mexican thr- thriller uh, streaming series, La Rebellion, that's hmm. on. Um, I don't know where to watch it um, in the States or Canada, but it is on uh, the Mexican uh, streaming service, VIX. So uh, I'm glad that she's getting more work, and I'm honestly interested in checking both of those out to see if because if like you said jack i'm i I do have complicated feelings of this movie i'm not sure what exactly my final takeaway is uh (laughs) good or bad or middle of the road but i do know for a fact that danielle vega is definitely like an incredible actress I want to see more of and I think and I hope she has a really fantastic career yeah over the next decades I you know I I suppose like I'm not sure if it means anything that she didn't start out in the process of the of the film to be to be like no I I feel like I should star in this like if I'm going to help Sebastian Lalo mm-hmm. um write it like I'll also acted it i think that um being as a consultant first mm-hmm. uh uh helping sebastian leo write it mm-hmm. then being like hey would you like me to play the part yeah sort of lent her to to be like i like becoming an actor was like a second thought yeah. and then like i i think for me that that was sort of why i didn't see her having a blossoming career yet yeah was like that's the reason where it's like it wasn't like the first intention yeah um i mean you bring up tangerine blade that's a that's that was sort of my thinking with mm-hmm. uh um with that cast but even to a larger extent look at aladdin yeah uh the guy uh was it misa i forget forget his name apologies um, that movie know. made a billion fucking dollars and he can't get shit mm-hmm. he can't get another role yeah and it's Let's... like it's it gets to a point where how many times do you think people have googled aladdin 2019 that's very few um the actor made a billion dollars mena masood (laughs) mena masood yeah yeah mina mina Mina, his person mina Mina. yeah yeah this is pretty terrible but no it's Um, one of the you know i see what you mean where it's like there's clearly like not you know we all know like the opportunities for um for people trying to break in are not yes. are not there um mm-hmm. especially if you're not cis and yeah, white of course yes. of course mm-hmm. um i am curious um because yeah she was like a script consultant on the film i am curious what like her feedbacks were and mm. what like the original script was compared to this Right. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. How much worse was it without her input? Um, I would, 
and the thing is, I'll give Sebastian some slight praise for how involved he let her be mm-hmm. because directors are egomaniac like egomaniacs a lot of the time mm-hmm. very controlling people and for him to understand that it's important for someone of a trans perspective to collaborate mm-hmm. shows that like he's not a villain i think mm-hmm. i kind of want to make that yeah, clear as that. i'm criticizing her criticizing him he is not you know uh like fucking conservative or whatever like he's no i feel like i feel like this movie while i do think it has i don't think it has no cultural footprint i feel like if it it would have a worse one if it was maliciously intended yes um i no i i mean yeah i think it goes without saying too that he's a very like soft-spoken like you know He's a nice white liberal. We love we love our white liberals. They're all (laughs) you know they're centrists and they are maybe not centrists because he I don't think he's a centrist but like he's you know he's nice. You pat him on the Mm. head. Good job, white Mm. liberal. Thank you Mm. so much. As a white liberal, I as a white liberal speaking, this is you know it's like our you know especially like white male liberals. Our 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 job is to like be kind of like just have the best of intentions, Mm -hmm. but a lot of times. And we're in charge of something that is not our story to tell. We fuck it up. Yeah. And it's one of those things where I think he had good intentions. And I think he is probably a decent person. Um, And I'm and I think it shows. How he did care about this for mm-hmm. him to go out of his way to get a consultant and then make the consultant the lead actress, because a lot of directors would have fucking casted Scarlett Johansson or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Um, like, that's that's something that's happened time and time again. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's... I will commend him on those points, and I will say... I will pat him on the head, and I will give him a cookie and be like, you did good there, Sebastian. Good mm-hmm. job. But everything else is, is just... Do you think Sebastian Lalo is like... Like nine years old, like that's I, that's so funny. I I like to I like to condescend to people who I want to give like a little bit of credit to, but not mm-hmm. a ton. Yeah, <laughs> I will I will I will say this. Um, the movie was made about eighteen months after the Danish Girl, and this yeah. is leagues ahead of the Danish Girl. Yeah, I forgot that existed. Oh. I haven't Oscar seen that movie, I, and I and I don't think I ever will. I, I've um, also never seen. It. I I just say I'm saying it's bad because I read a lot. Oh, because we know it. Like, no, oh, yeah, we have all no, seen sure. clips of it, and we've seen like we've all seen clips, and we've all like seen like yeah, no, it's awful. It just yeah. there's no, and I think people, I think we all, we all pride ourselves in trying to form an opinion after, you know, like after we watch a movie instead of before. When you start watching clips of this shit, or you read like a Wikipedia entry, and you're just like, this is awful. Awful, awful, awful. Mm-hmm. Um, there are films that you can re- that I think. I mean, it's like it's like you bring up Antebellum. Yeah, like um, come on, that, like that movie is fucking. It's disgusting, disgusting. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also seen clips of that, which I don't recommend. Um, <laughs> gosh, oh my god, that movie. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, but you, yeah. you know, with the with this one, he just. Um. I I do like that there are 
there are parts where where it's like okay this kind of stretches from outside of where it's going but it's it's not cookie cutter i yeah, will it's, give him yes that. Mm-hmm. yes I, I feel like it, that he does have a voice mm-hmm. um, i think he's a, the, and that, i think he's a talented director i truly yeah, do yeah. yeah 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 and and that that sort of it it right it it brings it up mm-hmm. to a higher standard if it were to be capital i issues and i think that's why i didn't recognize it at first for being misguided but um it certainly wasn't something that was so ahead of its time that it feels so fresh right now that's just more like it's singing that the fact that it's well made i think it kind of like blinds its misdirections and that's what i said Mm -hmm. and that's kind of what i said earlier with the invisible man is that it's like if you're making a capital i issues movie it's like make it good and then Mm -hmm. some people will kind of overlook that um yeah but this listener say it with us we want better movies right but this um i think it's just such a fundamental approach to a character and story and the script itself that is just it yeah it's the thing that i'm just like i i just don't like that and i think that's a big part of the i think that's a big part of movies in general is how do you approach characters um because characters are what you know i i think people like to think that story makes like stories make movies i think my opinion is characters make movies and that might seem like that like that might seem like kind of like a, no- a nothing statement like that might not mean <laughs> anything but it's one of the, but like, I guess, Valerie, when you talking earlier about um, the criticism of that one film you saw at the festival where people were like, it doesn't have like a thematic thesis. Or central whatever. narrative. A yeah. central narrative. That's what, and it, it's to me, I just like, I don't like, I don't watch movies that way. I don't yes. watch it for, I watch it for the characters. I watch mm-hmm. it for yeah. what are the characters doing? How are their experiences? I don't watch movies to be like, what is the grand plot of this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, what exactly. is yeah what does it say about today's society but it's like what it, what is what are the events unfolding yeah. in this series of like time like it's just like it because like usually it's worse yeah no That's exactly what makes, like movies like um like any movie by like antonioni so great because yeah. it's just following these characters it's just vibes vibes yeah. pure vibes yeah. and it's that's what yeah. or godard where it's like he's just abandoned narrative completely and it's just like exactly like examining film as a medium like that's like that's so much more interesting than just like a narrative as just like if i wanted narrative i would just watch like a sitcom episode or read a yeah. book in, like in, like i just i just saw uh pierre Le Fou in in theaters and it's like mm-hmm. that like when godard passed away and, and it's like that one isn't plotty but it's not plotless mm-hmm. and you can sort of like deconstruct the form as you're sort of like going along and following this central couple um but yeah like i've seen a few reviews of um our calling it like the movie of our times or like the movie we need now and it's like, it's laughable yeah like Lydia, the biopic about lydia tar oh my god <laughs> um it's i it's hate the that one bit of- i hate that bit <laughs> um uh you know the time person of the year but it's yeah that, that's all i just 
<laughs> um, and it's so funny to me. Usually, the same fucking nerds who say there is no central narrative would love to give Richard Linklater a blowjob for every before midnight movie, mm-hmm. before before movie. He would they, every fucking. It feels like all of those nerds would love to suck Richard Richard Linklater's cock for literally all of those <laughs> movies. And it's and I love the and I love I get right and I love those movies, but it's just this inherent hypocrisy of when they apply that criticism that Mm -hmm. stuns me every time. Well, I I guess what that reads to me is like folks want to critique just to critique. Yeah. Yes. That that they're perfectly said. Mm -hmm. I I guess it's it's just like it's so it's meaningless. it's It's so clearly empty, but. But you just don't know if there's a conversation to be had with, with that. Yeah. Sometimes it's, when it, I watch movies, I don't know what to say, and I'm I'm yeah. actually kind of cool with that. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. I'm same, just like, same. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. I don't. I'm gonna yeah. process that. Everyone yeah. needs to have a fucking thing to write down the moment they watch a movie. Mm-hmm. It's infuriating, especially yeah. if that's not your fucking job. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. I understand people who are being paid to do this for especially like at festivals and stuff they have to come up with something on the spot yeah, and you'll tell when you talk to those people and they'll say they hate it um because it's not a good way to approach fucking art mm-hmm. and i just yeah so when it comes to this idea of plot and narrative and shit like that is like mm-hmm. i if i talk to you if i have a conversation with you and you can elaborate on that shit fine but just saying that is just one of the I, it's a red flag to me every time when I hear those words, because I'm like, I don't. What do you fucking mean? Yes. Like, mm. like you said, Valerie, you're not reading a fucking book. It's a visual yes. medium. What the fuck do you mean? Mm-hmm. And something that I've been thinking about a lot lately, a lot, a lot lately, not about ladies, but this this <laughs> actually does have to do with a lady. Um, my my girl <laughs> got clay there. I almost did a script take. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, so my girlfriend, she has said that um, like she, very frequently, like she won't immediately immediately like review a movie on Letterboxd, or she, if she does, she'll say like a week or so later, like my opinions just changed so much on this movie since then. Right. Like it's just like yeah, this instantaneousness where it's like we have to log it now and have the mm. opinion right now our take oh. our take for the world and it's like no we don't that's not how movies are we need to like live with them and it's see killing impacted. discourse on art mm-hmm. it's literally strangling it to death that mindset mm-hmm. and i don't want to be the old man who says it's social media um but it's like it Sorry, is. You just grew, you, did, yeah. you started growing gray hair. Uh, I know, and, I know. I just, and you have a walker now. My it's fingernails are a little longer. Yeah. Um, I got I got some uh, patches on my skin. I'm um, Jack. Um, I'm your friend. You're on a podcast. Right? Um, I know you don't know where I, you are. Thank you, Mr. Draper. Um, I, I'm your friend. <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, it's just one of those. We'll get things you to bed to me. soon. All right. 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 <laughs> Um, it's just like Twitter and Letterboxd, that instantaneous thing. Um, that's why it's just like, I and I respect people who write long reviews on Letterboxd. Um, 
I can't do so. And, and consistent forms of right. And and they're forms. and I follow people who do really good jobs at that. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't do that. I I'm on Letterbox to write fucking jokes or whatever, mm-hmm. just shit that pops into my head. And some of the stuff I don't even jokes I think about when I'm watching a movie, I'm just like, nah, I'm not gonna post that. Eh, it's not that funny. Um, it's yeah. like yeah, this, but this idea goes back to that kind of narcissism thing we were talking about earlier. It's just like that inherent narcissist in every film fan of the world must know my opinion. I must scream it from the rooftops. I liked this movie. I did not like that movie. This was bad. That was good. It's. I like. It's, who is this? Who, I who love. It? It's my that, feeder. That it's, it's my feeder. Um, no, it's uh, it's uh, the fucking uh, handle from Beauty and the Beast. I think. Okay. It's, uh, Jer- we're, we're gonna. Or, yeah. I'm, I'll be curious to see when that, be when guest, that comes be out. Be guest. Be our guest. Same dude. Um, <laughs> handle. What do you think of the late period John Luke Godard? <laughs> oh, I, I like a Frenchman. Oh, oh. oh that's it. That's all I got. Uh, like um, image book. Yeah. <laughs> I, I watch Faces Places, very good movie. I know that's not Godard, but, you know, it's related. Um, You know, the guy who did that voice is not French. I don't know if you could tell. He oh, was a law and, or, he was law and order actor. He was like, oh. I think, Jerry... Um, Orbach. Yeah. Oh. Do you know that just because of the John Mulaney joke? No. I, I mean, oh, okay. I I couldn't remember the Mulaney bit. Jack just has an encyclopedic uh, law and order memory <laughs> just on the dome. In middle school, I don't know if I've yeah, said, Jerry I've said this. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast before, but in middle school, I would constantly get a box of Weefins, mm-hmm. or not Weefins, uh, Triscuits, okay. a caffeine-free Coke, and just mm. watch a whole bunch of law and order. <laughs> oh. That was my middle school experience. I was a weird fucking kid. Nice. Okay. I was just like, I love me some procedurals. And it's so funny that in eighth grade civics class, the first week, I was so much better at than everyone in that class. And a teacher asked me, okay, have you taken a civics class before? Because we don't usually teach it in seventh grade. Like, why do you know all this stuff? Is your like, is your parent a politician or whatever? Or like a government uh, government worker? And on one hand, yes, my mom does did, at the time did work for the federal government, but as an environmental um, policymaker, no, I knew I was acing civics class because I watched a lot of Law and Order. That was it. I just knew how that shit worked. It was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, I, well, we don't I, have time to unpack all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that, there's a millennial bit. Um, yeah. When but, I was in middle school, my, my, my go-tos were, I would either get uh, Dr. Pepper or Canada Dry uh, ginger ale, and I would get uh, the pretzel rods. I always loved the pretzel rods. And um, they're like pretzel sticks? Yeah, the sticks. Yeah, like the big oh. ones. The, like, ones I don't know. Wait, is pretzel... Like. Jack, do you know what a pret- pretzel rod is? Is this a Canadian thing? No, I, I love pretzel rods, too. I was just about to say yeah, those are okay. awesome. Whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. maybe DC uh, didn't have them. Sure. <laughs> maybe you're lame. I'll send you a picture of a pretzel rod. Of like, please do. Like I'm I'm in, interested now. Um, uh, but you were, wait. Did you but did you watch something particularly when you were, had the snack? Usually, like at that time, I was probably like 
I was mostly like Seinfeld and news radio, but I also went through like periods where I, I kind of have seen like every sitcom from the 80s and 90s. Most of them are terrible. Like I saw most of Family Ties because I wanted to fuck Michael J. Fox. I saw most of mm. Spin City because I still wanted to fuck Michael J. Fox. Um, call, call. Uh, what's uh, isn't he like a young Republican in one of those? Yeah, oh, Family yeah, Ties. Yeah, Family mm-hmm. Ties. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Maybe if I put it on mute. Yeah. Like, all right. Okay. <laughs> the, the funniest thing of Family Ties, I know this is so off topic, but the funniest thing of Family Ties is that the creator of the show was trying to do like a reverse all in the family thing where like the parents were like aged hippies and the kid is like a Reagan Republican. But the thing was, was over time, he, <laughs> the creator began to really like <laughs> the young Republican character and just made the whole show around him to the point where <gasps> it was Reagan's favorite television show. Oh, and like, no! And like, he, there was like a whole celebration episode when Reagan won the second time. I think the I think the creator still like voted liberal and shit, but it was just like, <sighs> oh, I'm just writing this character. I'm just writing this character. It's not reflecting my It's views. the I'm- character. It's not me. <laughs> if I... If Ronald Reagan... If my TV show was Ronald Reagan's favorite TV show, I'd commit suicide. <laughs> There's just no way I wouldn't. I would jump off a building. Yeah. There's that you can't live that down. Ronald fucking Reagan, one of the lamest dudes ever. Like, mm-hmm. take the politics out of the way. He's just fucking lame. He doesn't like yeah. drugs. What? Mm-hmm. Fucking lame-o. Like, come on. Yeah, he's he's one of these. Yeah, he's a fucking <laughs> dork. Yeah, he's a square. He's yeah, a Jack fucking nerd. Square for the listeners of this audio podcast. <laughs> Thank you, Val. This is why we have you here. I didn't physical even bits. Uh, we were talking yeah. about physical comedy oh, earlier, Mr. Draper. He's I know, expert. literally. I was it's like the next Charlie Chaplin, on, folks. Slipping mm-hmm. on banana peels yeah. and yeah. Um, but I uh, got me again. I I was gonna say something. No, I I mean that's wild, like, but was also going to comment on the letterbox thing. Mm, yes. I I mean we're so clearly at war with like do I write a funny quip mm. or do I have like articulate a thought. right my mm-hmm. fully formed mm. well-packaged thoughts when I just saw this thing that really affected me exactly or do i just mm-hmm. go like tbd get, but tbd yeah get, but but it's like half of that website is is in one one side and half is in is in another um and that's certainly affected i, I don't I, I mean we can only i think we can only assume how it's affected like teens mm that the are TikTok using teens, box. if you will, those infamous <laughs> TikTok teens with those, their TikTok. Those I, I didn't. Are like, they're... Okay, now you're really grandpa. Like I was kidding <laughs> earlier, but now you're actually. I've embraced it, like, man. We haven't. I mean, you know, I don't think we're we're like talking to teenagers that are like that are you know like discovering film through Letterbox, like a generation behind us. Because then that will that will teach them independently to be like, this is what film criticism looks like. And then he, he or she or they see uh, something that's like, I, 
I thought Brad Pitt looked handsome. And then just like, I don't know, like the next movie, you know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. like what is that teaching them about how to look at art is if it's just a paragraph review about something that happened instead of just like a traditional looking film criticism, if, if that makes mm-hmm. any sense. Yeah. No, it is interesting. It is interesting to think like, um, because I, I, this is something I've been thinking about a lot and uh, maybe you two can attest to this too, but growing up in like the 2010s when like by our point, like, um, like cable was kind of dead in the way where like- It was dying. It was dying for sure. And like how like- like all the modes that would make people find stuff like having like late night movies on like um on like uh the main channels or even on like usa or whatever that was kind of dying because they were just playing like reruns of cops and cheaters on every single station (laughs) so like it kind of was almost like the wild west where we kind of had to like find everything ourselves basically Mm -hmm. would you two agree to that yes I had to find a lot independently and film Twitter and other um, film discussion on the internet was also on the rise as cable was dying. And those Mm -hmm. two are running parallel to where like, I can find people that will tell me to watch things, even if I don't understand what those things are about yet. Yeah. But I know they're important for a reason because I listened to film critics early. Um, and I, I may have not have known why things are good at the age that I saw them, but I saw them because I were, I was told they were good and I didn't know why they were good yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I knew people like David Lynch and David Cronenberg that led me to pirate things. Mm-hmm. like crashing inland empire but i didn't know why they were good i just thought they were good mm-hmm. um and i guess that might be um that might be just more popular now um and yeah i i, I think um i think growing up with with getting into film with the internet is wholly unique but it's definitely like rapidly changing yes not my, my and after this i think we should probably start wrapping up um but my thought about the whole is the memification of letterboxd and i just hated okay. what i just said that <laughs> made me want to vomit yeah I, um, I i did throw up yeah but i'm gonna say it again so be prepared like the memification of letterboxd at on one hand is like well and as someone who almost exclusively does quips or whatever you know but it, it on one hand yeah it's kind of make it 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 doesn't like hurt the reputation of the platform it, i don't think it's like makes it less classy or whatever the fuck no, no. it just makes it into kind of a different thing um and if that and to the point whether that helps or hurts um the mentality of burgeoning film fans was like, does that, does that make them, does that give them the outlook of the, this is like, this is all comedy. This is all a bit like watching movies and like talking about them as a bit. It's like not serious. Um, on one hand, I can see that. On the other hand, I think it's like, I don't think we're going to draw them in by long 
layered analysis. Um, mm. I don't think that's going to draw them. Uh, it might draw some, um, but and I'm not saying that our that people people's goal should be to draw as many versions. Like that's not our job. Our job is to just be a film fan. Our job right. is to just exist. Our job is not to like spread the gospel like you know preach the gospel of film it's the one sentence quip is always gonna attract friends more right. than essay style film analysis. it makes it maybe a little more fun for people and that's why i think that's why i know there's always been like talk and we're, we're getting kind of inside the weed like in the weeds here with like all this online talk but like it is one of those things where like, I see people criticize like, oh my God, it's all these just, rant- it's just these people of 10,000 followers making these quips or whatever the fuck. And I, that's what I've always kind of pushed back against that constant dogging down of that form of like reviewing or talking about movies, because I just think it's not realistic to think that everyone who has like a massive amount of popularity for on a social media site has this, these very layered and critical thinking or thoughts or whatever the fuck, like that's just not how things work in general. That's not how society works. That's not how social media works in, on any platform. Mm-hmm. Um, the people who get the most amount of followings aren't the smartest people in the room. That's just not how any of it's never, that's just never how any of that has worked ever mm-hmm. in society. <clears throat> so it, it, it's also on the one hand it's just like they're just having fun you know at, at the end of the day it's like i don't know they're fucking mm-hmm. they're kids they're me they're my friends they're all just like just ha- having a goof having a laugh that and sometimes like that serious. with when we critique uh you know people that are that have those tens of thousands of followers we're confused that about their popularity but not the individuals Right. We just we don't want them to be propped up as like here's like what you should be doing on Letterbox as as like literally everything is that one sentence quit, but rather like no, like it's not it's not them that's at fault, but rather like what like what they're doing to they didn't ask to get for ten thousand followers. They didn't right, buy exactly. it. They didn't yes. say I want ten thousand followers. It's just happened. It's you just don't. Happened. I. Yeah. It, it's one of those things where it's like I don't know. It's, do some are some of them really cringy? Of course. Yeah. Most things are cringe on the internet. I hate to yeah. break it to people. I hate to break you didn't, it that most like you didn't you didn't ask to be an 80-year-old. Right, exactly. I never asked. Yeah, for that. Exactly. But you know, I would I would I I I do have to make a confession. Uh during I, I was at the beach that made you old for a day or two, and so this mm. is how it yeah. turned out. <laughs> You're um, wearing your t-shirt that says I went to the beach that made me old, and all I got, and all was, I got was a t-shirt. t-shirt. Of course. Um, we all know. It's a visual media. like that outlet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, and so to me, yeah, to me, it's just like, I don't know, man, like that's the internet itself. I, I think people, yeah. I think there's just these letterbox purists who just thought that this was his own individual thing that would be untouched by the greater internet. But it's just like, I don't know. I feel like at this point in your lifetime, you should have learned by now that nothing is untouched by capitalism. Sure. Or whatever yeah. the fuck. Like, <laughs> to bring it back all to of it, yeah, tie it's just it back like, around. Yeah, but I guess a cool record store or whatever. It's eventually going to get bought out by a, a subsidiary or whatever. Or it's mm-hmm. going to become part of a chain. That's just how this shit works. It's you've it's, got mail. Sucks, yeah. But yeah, yeah. right. Absolutely. Yeah. No, but I mean, just to put a cap in it, like, it's really just a cycle in and of itself that 
you bring up the internet cringe um and i guess like that is informing letterbox and also letterbox informs uh teens formative film taste and it's like then in fact that they're also informed by humor and where do they get their humor the internet you know i guess it's just like look to at me, the like inventors maybe... of social media they're the cringiest motherfuckers on this planet mm-hmm. sure yeah right even the yeah. ones who came into it secondhand i mean elon is obviously like the cringiest person to ever live yeah mark is a fucking sociopath but also mm-hmm. cringy yeah. Um, whatever Jack was was cringy. Yeah. Uh, the fucking MySpace guy is cringy. All these mm-hmm. people are fucking cringy. Of course, mm-hmm. it's going to be a cringe haven. I just, and I'm not saying that people who made Letterbox are cringy. I don't personally know them. They seem like nice new kiwis. Um, <laughs> like, but we love the staff at Letterbox. We, like, yes, we, we, love, we love shout outs. Um, it, we have nothing Dude. against New Zealanders. Um, except Give us Taika, a t-shirt watch. with the three colors. Give us a t-shirt with the green. The three dots. We need those three dot t-shirts. Absolutely. Charge us 50 bucks for them. We'd love it. Um, but yeah, no, I, it's just one of those things where I, I, I think people are too precious about things. And I'm not saying they shouldn't be. Um, I guess, well, I guess I just did say that. But no, I mean, like, <laughs> I understand the thought process and I can get it. But I think people have to be realistic at some point yeah mm-hmm. if sure. they think if the thing that you and all your friends like are like you know it's like is getting popular guess what it's not going to be the same thing like mm-hmm. if you know like people like to think they have niche taste but a lot of the times it's just like if you know about it it means a lot of other people also know about it like mm-hmm. you're not a fucking trailblazer here so it's you heard about it, it from someone else right exactly like this you came here some point like very rarely almost never is there a person who was like this the frontiersman of whatever the fuck like it's mm-hmm. just a random dude named jake and he <laughs> heard it from a guy named bob and bob heard it from a guy named robert mm-hmm. and it's just whatever yeah bob and robert are not related by the way two different no. people <laughs> and jake actually doesn't like bob no who, who 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 does he's a yeah. fucking asshole yeah okay. i don't know but what i do know is uh we all want better movies yeah we do want better movies i'm manifesting this into merch if you can't tell <laughs> i feel like that'd be funny you are getting has, like, real, you're you're gonna make us some money you're getting really entrepreneurial lately i, I, I feel i also you know it's like I, I i can just like imagine like all three of our names and then like dash we want better movies right, right, right. Uh, we're all quoted as it um we want better movies dash yeah. clay jack dash. clay jack and Val. what do we say about favorite scene to cap this off uh a fantastic scene if you will um, fuck you um <laughs> i hate you i wish i could arrest you in person um and throw you into a lake okay. um i love you too fantastic scene i'm oh. are you bryden all of a sudden is bryden giving you notes or something is he or is he in the waiting room listening to us uh uh past and future guests brando i cannot i plead the fifth <laughs> if there is someone to outsource puns and bad jokes he would be the person mm. to, i would it, it, you could to, out, to could... outsource comedy to to really push your buttons yes Hey, I mean, um, the be- the best stand-ups have stuff that wasn't written by them. So, you know. That's true. Um, 
I, if I anyone guess knows, just... knows something to critique, like the stand-up model, it would be it would be Val. Like you, you just know <laughs> yeah. so much about. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um. Yeah. Of course, Tom Arnold couldn't write all of his jokes, so Judd Apatow had to write oh, some of them too. I, I didn't think. <laughs> out of all the people who I thought were going to be mentioned today, Tom Arnold was not on the list. <laughs> I guess I usually think today, about that every day of my life. I usually think he's not going to be mentioned, but he somehow is. <laughs> have you seen app like he's now does? Have you seen like these th- these ads of like if you're on the app or whatever, and it shows up that like he's like, hey, play this new game where you pop puzzle, pop all these uh, bubbles or whatever, mm-hmm. and it's like it's like Tom Arnold or uh, John C. McGinley, and you're just like, what are you doing here? <laughs> And they're like recording it from the oh, garage. And yeah, so, right. I love this this right. game. And it's like, just like this is... looks like kind of bad. It looks like a cameo. It looks mm-hmm. like they got yeah. bought on cameo to add yeah. to do an advertisement for something. Yeah, ninety yeah. percent of my ads now are for like Canadian gambling sites, and the only celebrity can they can get for any company right now is John Lovitz. It's oh so much God. of John Love is just looking bedazzled at like having like ten grand Canadian on like his phone from this app. <laughs> what do you What do you guys bet on? What do you bet on over there? I honestly don't know. I don't know okay. enough about sports. Probably hockey. Hockey. Yeah, let's guess so. And football. Oh God. You guys do have <laughs> a basketball team. So are you like like big NBA? Like, can you bet on the NFL? I don't know. You don't have a football team, but can you bet on the NFL in Canada? I don't know. These are these are different questions for a different time. People are shockingly into the NFL up here. I'm I'm very <laughs> taken aback by it. Yeah, it's interesting. I've also heard that like some a lot of high schools in Canada don't like do football, like because mm-hmm. they think it's bad, and they're right. They shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's so bad for you. I, I yeah. sorry. I, this is completely off topic. Oh my um, gosh. my favorite scene. <laughs> I will go, I will just say what I've already mentioned before, just so I can get it out of the way. I think the Mm -hmm. dance number, I think that's really good. Shows off um, her talents as a performer in general, because that's also another thing. It's sort of like the centerpiece of the movie too. Right. And I also wish they they, uh, uh, used that more. She's obviously a great performer. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if she's a great dancer, but obviously she has, you know, she's a fucking like theater kid or whatever. Like she has the goods to like have this like creative um output and this um p- uh, what's the word uh, pizzazz mm-hmm. now mm. that word everyone's favorite word pizzazz yeah um but that showmanship that's the fucking shit i'm looking mm-hmm. for um she obviously has this showmanship about her this um you know whether it's her singing or acting or stuff and she's obviously very like what's the camera genic is that a word what, what uh, am photogenic I photogenic she obviously really works well with the camera. Um, she's she's stunning. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it it just uses all of that, and I just wish that was more of the movie because she obviously has all this talent. And right. I'm sometimes I'm just like, she's only relegated to just being a trans woman. <laughs> it's like yeah. no, you're like you have like you can dance, you can sing. Like this is mm-hmm. you're not. You could have this kind of spectacular movie with this spectacular lead performance. And she's great, and because of the interiority she gives with such, you know, didactic writing, but it's still like, ah, it's just frustrating. I like the movie; it's mm-hmm. just frustrating. It's very yeah. frustrating. Mm-hmm. It, and also to point out, um, uh, the film's composed by Matthew Herbert, who great is score, com- great who, score. Yeah, yeah, I was, yeah, I was going to mention that uh, he's worked on a number of um, 
and Sebastian Lillo's films, including Gloria Bell. And I noticed a lot of similarities between how those, um, how those films are musically composed. And I think that Herbert's work offers what the musical sequence eventually leads up to that it's noticeably playful and charming and optimistic to the point where then the club scene explodes with um, uh, Marina's mental mental state, I guess. Because mm-hmm. then, then it's it just, but I, I mean, but there is something, but there is a disconnect yeah. in a few places where it's like, something should click together that isn't. Um, I don't think Sebastian Lilo is the one to direct a musical sequence anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think he's just that kind of filmmaker. The fact that he goes there is, is super interesting where he's aware that it's a movie that doesn't, that doesn't need it, but earns it with where um, Marina is in, in the, in the story. Um, Val, do you have one or would you like to think about it a little bit more? I can go. I feel like I feel like I have two. Okay. I feel like one is the dance sequence and Well, you can't pick two, so I'm just <laughs> <kidding>. <laughs> Um 
Yeah, I, I feel like the dance sequence is perfect. I do feel like I do hope that like at a certain point, um, Danny Vega can make more um, like a musical. I would love to see her as a lead actress or a supporting actress in a musical. I feel she, she would be wonderful in that. And I it is just so beautiful and it's so just amazing how she like flies into the camera it's just like it, it does really give a spark for kind of what I wish this movie had more of mm. and my other favorite scene is and honestly this one I kind of wish there was more of too but I I did like the scene at the very end where she finally like was like confrontational with with the family and just got onto the car and started right. jumping on the top of the car and was mm. like give me my fucking dog that's that's the moment that she actually has agency yeah i appreciate because i mean I've, I've i've beaten this point to death but you know it's like things are happening to her and this is the, like one of the only times in the movie she is like allowed to like make a choice about yes. something, and she takes agency and says "fuck you." Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just it, it. It was so great, and it's like that was one of those few moments where it's just like, God, this is something that like I've always kind of thought about, like when like right. stuff happens to me, where it's just like I wish I could just do that and just be like fuck off fuck off and it was it was perfect and like how like basically like and just how like quickly like one getting back off the car and just walking to the front door just threw the key and it was like done <laughs> goodbye mm-hmm. and like yeah so those are my two because like I feel like those two both capture something in Vega that I think I think like both her musicality and the way she uh, captures, in a good way, anger, like mm. ca- captures like that sort of trans anger. I feel like both of those are very good and can hopefully be used more in future works by her. Yeah. Marina. ¿Qué estáis haciendo aquí, mierda? La ceremonia se acabó. Ándate a tu casa. No podéis dejar tranquilo. Córrete, córrete, loca mierda. Córrete, córrete, córrete. Sonia es mujer. No es mujer. Muévete. Muévete, maricón pintado. Muévete, sale de ahí, mierda. No, Marina. Marina, por favor, no hagas eso. Ah, quiero. Marina. Perro. Vamos. Vamos, vamos. Vamos, ya, vamos. Vamos. Ok. 
and then like to start the scene it's the it's that son character that that, that really like who's who throws around the f word yeah which is like super jarring um mm-hmm. to hear in anything of course um who is a character who has like no real moral complexity yeah <laughs> other than just being like a transphobic a but you know yeah. it's yeah of course you know you, of course you need villains to yes. you know uh oppose the um our, our our main character but you know it's just it, but it, with like a socially realist depiction like this it does stand out um yeah. that and uh the ex-wife calling her a crazy man right right of course like that it's yeah. just it, it it does feel like there's a lot there's a lot it's just hammer like, meat it's it, it, right it's right just right. Boom! Fucking yes, they're yeah. bad people. Yeah. They are saying things. Mm-hmm. But just... but it, it is interesting to see, like in the same movie, mm-hmm. when Sebastian Leo is trying to make the point that there are these wide wide range of um, misogyny out there. Yeah. No matter the how, how well meaning, um, mm-hmm. it, it it's just it's weird to see something like that where it's like very textual other than like the microaggressions uh mm-hmm. towards the beginning which is uh, which is a kind of a good segue into mine um mm-hmm. the insulated segment of um the detect the detective coming to marina's restaurant and mm-hmm. she's just like and, and it starts when when the boss is is like someone's here to see you i don't know who this is um and it's like there's kind of like this tension like throughout where it's like you don't know like what's gonna be and I like I like that where it's like you're you're really because of um Danny Vega's presence you're already on edge for her and you don't know like who is coming into contact with her and like what they need from her you're still like figuring things out and I think it that the movie clicks into place like you're you're with her at that at that point um just because everything is so uncomfortable (laughs) yeah oh for sure that that sequence like like that one of the few other moments of brevity was like that sequence where the restaurant manager was like yeah i said the thing about the check to get you out of there Mm, yeah (laughs) hola hola Soy la comisaria Adriana Cortés de la Brigada de Delitos Sexuales y Menores de la Policía de Investigaciones. Buenas tardes. Bueno, antes que nada quería darle mi más sentido pésame. Me contaron lo que pasó y la verdad es que lo lamento mucho. El hecho de que usted haya salido arrancando del hospital me dejó bastante preocupado. ¿Podemos conversar acá? Por supuesto. Por favor. Sí. Yo no me arranqué. Ah. Tiene que haberse confundido, entonces. ¿Me puede mostrar su identificación, por favor? Una pregunta. Don Orlando... Oneto. Eso. ¿Te pagaba? Éramos pareja. Se querían, entonces. No era solamente sexual. Era una relación normal, consentida entre dos adultos. 
¿Por qué quieres saber eso? Porque él podría haber sido tu papá. ¿Consumieron droga antes de su ataque? No. ¿Alcohol? Sí. ¿Y tuvieron sexo? No me acuerdo. Yo necesito saber si él tuvo alguna exigencia física. Nada fuera de lo normal. No, lo que pasa es que el cuerpo del señor eh, Oneto llegó con golpes, con hematoma. Tenía golpes aquí en los brazos, aquí en los costados, en el cuello. Una contusión en la cabeza. Estos golpes tienen pocas horas. Yo hablé con el médico todo eso. Te hablo con la familia. Marina. Perdón, es que estamos con problemas en la cuenta de la mesa 15. Voy, voy al tiro. Cinco minutos, por favor. No te pueden reemplazar a ti. No, y de verdad tengo que volver porque me van a echar. Mira, yo llevo 23 años trabajando en la calle. 14 años en la brigada de delitos sexuales. Tengo mi magíster en el tema. Sé muy bien lo que pasa con las personas, perdón, con las mujeres como tú. Porque yo lo he visto todo. Todo. Quiero que sepas que yo te entiendo y que te apoyo. ¿Sí? ¿Tuviste que defenderte de él? Estoy detenida. Entonces yo me voy a ir porque... No, me a ver, espérate. Mira, hagamos algo. Llámame en cuanto salgas de aquí para que podamos conversar tranquila. Yo pueda dormir bien, ¿bueno? ¿Conversar de qué? Like, right, 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 that part. Yeah, and that's also another thing. There, I hate to turn that positive into a negative, but it's like... It's almost like she had two people in her life she interacted with. If the if you went by the movie, it's yes. like she had zero friends and like one person she talked to besides her boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And it's and and like her sister comes in at the last fucking second of the film. It's mm -hmm. so frustrating because mm -hmm. it's like it it's almost like the movie doesn't think she exists. Um, yeah. and <laughs> I, um, yeah. but also it's like. What was I going to say? Um, if I to point to keep on the negativity train, mm. I, I want to just point out my least favorite scene, okay, which was that <laughs> fucking scene of her walking and the wind blowing on her oh, and having funny. like, yeah. I wanted to, my eyes couldn't roll back into my head fast enough. It was mm -hmm. the most fucking film student ass idea. She is this. It's so bad. It's like this breeze. Thou brought a, a ham out and stuck her fist into it. It was yeah. very strange. She <laughs> sort of has hams on her. You know, I can't yeah, blame yeah, her. Yeah, uh, you um, got to have a ham on you once in a while. Um, yeah. Especially for podcasts like this. Right, exactly. You never know when it comes up. You got to get the physical comedy ready. Um, But it's the most fucking stupid. Stupid, just absolutely right. blatant metaphor yeah. I could even think of. Mm -hmm. She's walking into a windstorm or whatever the fuck. Are you kidding me? Yeah. You're a professional. You're a film director who's like been nominated for shit and has like worked with like this is ridiculous. Yeah. I could not believe it. 
Yeah. It's like I could like a four-year-old could have figured that shit out. Mm-hmm. It was bananas to me. I yeah. I got I got so mad. Cause mm-hmm. I'm like, again, it's not even that I think it's bad. I'm just I like, I do think that is bad, but I know it's like I don't think the movie's bad. I just it's just so disappointing when I'm just yes. like you there's so much mm-hmm. potential in it like she's a good actress he's a good director there's some ideas here that are interesting and it's just like shit like that it's just mm-hmm. like fuck are you kidding me you yeah. couldn't have thought about that for two more seconds you could have mm-hmm. been like geez this might be a very fucking immature non like had, had like basically no creativity way of portraying it's the pointlessness going as an like obstacle yeah. it's like the weirdest fuck i couldn't I gotta calm down. Okay. Like it cuts from the music scene <laughs> to that. Like it yeah, just cuts while the music like that's the transition going on. Yeah. <laughs> and then I think that's I, I mean I, I don't know. Tell me if like so it's not that this, visually interesting. Well, okay, sorry. I mean, tell me if this made you upset more, or if it if it was like a nice symbolic gesture. Um, I think that's the same scene when she sees the folks um moving the large mirror, and then she like stops for a second to reflect. I... Oh yeah, the mirror motif. I forgot the mirror motif. Because like, yeah, I, I didn't yeah. mind that. Like, I think that's one. It's a very. It's a. It, it seems like a natural moment. It's mm-hmm. like she's yeah. walking on her way to something. It's not inserted randomly. Like it, it reminded mm-hmm. me of a moment in like a Joachim Trier movie. That it's, it's like in Oslo thirty first August. Like, like it, it, it like you'll kind of see like a character kind of like stops and decompresses. Right, and I think there's multiple ways you can read in worst person in the world like that. You know, it's like right, and I think there's multiple, and there's I think there's something like that in um, what is that movie? Uh, Juliette Binoche, Karastami, we covered it. Um, what with Rob, certified certified cop? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think there's a mere thing in that too. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I, I I always love that shot of like when they're driving like all their surroundings are like on the wind- car windshield like, right yeah and i and i think that scene the reason why that works is because it's, it's more well it's, it has it's like more creative really visual sequence it's not just a fucking wide shot of her walking mm-hmm. one direction with wind blowing in her face that looks so obviously like a wind machine <laughs> it mm, looks sure. so and like there's like right. they just it, you almost feel like you can see it off screen like they just threw leaves in the wind <laughs> fan and just like blows mm. on her and it's like ah! mm-hmm. it's so it's almost you can probably... hear sebastian lalo saying action drop yeah, the leaves right, drop right, the right. leaves <laughs> but in spanish yeah um <laughs> and i but with that scene it's like one that's not inserted randomly you can have multiple reads on that moment it is i it's a period of self-reflection which is what the movie is about i mm-hmm. I, I fine i'm cool yeah. with that that was mm-hmm. fine it's just when it's just this real just like there's no fucking point besides you just not trusting your audience and you being an insecure little man to mm-hmm. think that you needed that fucking scene yeah sorry before we stop the 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 negativity train at its last stop i do want to i do all aboard give my least favorite scenes choo choo (laughs) and i and for the listeners 
to for this audio podcast i did do the choo-choo moment yeah, I absolutely got it you got and to. i am continuing to do it every single time i think they hear i think they hear it in your voice too, yeah so I think also they um that. clay has a conductor outfit on there's a costume change <laughs> I have a little hat right <laughs> yeah you have uh, some soot on your face mm-hmm. shoveling i have a shovel right next to me i'm shoveling <laughs> some coal mm-hmm. <laughs> who are you busting buster keaton in the general absolutely I, caught me I, dead I, to rights you pulled my card yeah red-handed um <laughs> but so my least favorite scene by far um uh is definitely... i just want to say this episode is like a little weird because like we started talking about zach braff um this is this is how we got the ball rolling i think this has been a great episode <laughs> this has been so fun i love it and I mean, we we're, to... we're portraying all the emotions here today we're having some real critical <laughs> right, right, right. thinking about the all, uh, all five of the emotions in inside right, really are on the, display yeah. anger yeah. happiness laughter Did, criticism this is basically us doing like an all fantasy everything draft of this movie <laughs> absolutely absolutely shout out yes. shout out to the all fantasy uh family my least favorite scene of the movie has to be the scene after the wake when she's walking and the son and two other presumed family members just start screaming uh faggot i i can say this word they start saying faggot <laughs> uh to, to her and um are just um very very cruel and then they forcibly take her into the car and uh then for some reason put duct tape around her face it doesn't make make sense quiet like makes no sense i feel like that's only there because like okay this is the one like screenplay consultant thing that i will predict I'm going to predict that it was probably going to be much worse violence against trans women. Right. And Danny Vega probably said, no, I'm not yeah. doing that. Maybe this isn't the greatest time to do this right now. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it, it was. And it's like to make her face look weird or whatever. And it's just mm-hmm. like, I don't, this is like, this isn't. And also I, those two guys are horrific actors. They are like that one the the bleach blonde haired one just like so bad so bad just like kind of yelling everything and like not i just heard my lines two minutes ago and so i'm yelling them at you like an angry person i don't know my lines that well it's it's sort of like a rehearsal of of like the uh the kidnapping scene at uncut gems Mm -hmm. (laughs) it reminded me more of the kidnapping scene in fucking old school when like the fucking Will Ferrell and Valerie knows what I'm talking about. When like I Will Ferrell, seen it. And Vaughn just like tra- grab people randomly and like we're kidnapping you, and it's like what is this odd energy? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, um, make sure to cover odd school in or <laughs> old school in in your uh, sequel series exiting the 2000s. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna do our when we do our Jeremy Piven miniseries. Oh my god. Um, okay. <laughs> that's a lot to unpack yeah (laughs) but so yes that is my uh least favorite scene of this movie well i didn't i know i was just i was just gonna we we can we we can skip you um, it's fine (laughs) i didn't i i mean listen 
disclosure, I come with like favorite scene written down, but I did not write down a least favorite. Right. Nerd. I I know I should really come with something. No, no, no. You don't really have to. It's fine. We don't normally do this, but I just, I had to. Probably. I mean, mean, probably like the the son's uh, introduction. Um, yeah, like that was, that, that was pretty. Yeah, that was, that was really pretty. Lame, he's also but, not a good actor yeah. either. But also, that's like mm-hmm. low hanging fruit. I don't know. Um, oh, I mean, I chose the most low hanging yeah. fruit, which is that fucking nonsense. True. I'm gonna get mad again. <laughs> I need to. No, no, no. You two spoke beautifully. I'll just end it there. I just, um, I, I just oof, that I, um, I just wanted to say that because I got so angry. Yeah. <laughs> I, I need, a, I need the, I need some blood pressure. Okay. Blood pressure uh, medication. Val, thank you so much for being here. Uh, thank you so, thank much, you so much for, for being me. back. Uh, this has been a delight. Uh, please just been. plug anything away. I know you have like, uh, I'm seeing here 25 different podcasts. It's so, it's so strange and efficient. Um, no, but please, if you, if you have anything to promote right now. Anything to promote. I uh, do. Or anyone else's work you would like to promote. Okay. Um, so um, if you. Um, uh, if so a movie i mentioned earlier that i've remained housewife watch it like find that like i like i've said i feel frank perry good director such a good director like so underrated he's he's the best um there's both uh kino lorber dvd and blu-ray that there's allegedly in parody a good rip of as well as a vhs uh copy so you can mix and match those and compare those. Um, let's see, other than that, um, stealing Valerie on Twitter and um, Tumblr and all those things. Different Instagram because I'm bad at branding. Um, <laughs> uh, the Odd Pod is my podcast pod spelled with two Ds. Listen to our episode with uh, Sean O'Connor, mm-hmm. a hilarious stand-up comedian. We talked Ishtar, about Ishtar, great movie and yeah very 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 fun times um and um yeah um uh follow, follow my girlfriend her twitter is violet gwenny violet like the name gwen like the name and a y at the end um uh and and oh and we like some news broken on this podcast I would Please. love some news broken on this podcast. News broken on the podcast. So part of the reason I wanted to do this movie and see this movie is I have a podcast that will come sometime in the new year. I've said this before in other podcasts with podcasts that didn't go, but this one will. I'm going to say right now, this <laughs> one will. Speaking into okay. existence. Yes. Yes. It's the name... I think I'm going to keep it the same, but the name is Forbidden Pleasures, and it's a trans Ooh. film history podcast. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. And I'm to, to uh, uh, be someone speaking of diversity and for everyone, I, I am allowing cis people onto the podcast, so you two are definitely invited to be on the show. Okay. Oh um, well, can we do a fantastic woman or not? <laughs> no, 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 no. He doesn't speak for us. Don't listen to him. Uh, Shut no, up. But I'll no, that you. sounds that sounds amazing. Yeah, Thank we, we can't wait to see that crystallize uh, in the new year. Um, Thanks so much. 
we're going to demand more news to be broken. This is so exciting. Who do we have next week? Uh, next week is Andrew Kendall. Lovely, All right, when we, uh, when we get Andrew, on the, yeah. Andrew back, we're going to demand some new yeah. news out of him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, seriously. I mean, listen, I feel like Andrew. Give us news. Like everywhere. We want news. <laughs> Not with that attitude. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, cannot wait to, to see that happen. And like where the odd pod goes in the new year. I can't uh, imagine also... doing two podcasts. Jesus. I know. Yes, uh, well trevor does most of the work with the odd pod so this one it's is true. like my like pet project yeah. um mm-hmm. but um also you two are also invited to talk about uh on the odd pod about jack lemon and walter Matthau and elaine may we do have all for <laughs> yeah. four films covered now like all yeah. booked and whatnot but we do have um we do have the mike nichols documentary and also like most of the things she ghost wrote so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like the birdcage, and uh, um, yeah, it, it reminds me of um, you know, our, our friends of the show, uh, uh, Greg and, and Logan. They're they're going to be starting next year at Scorsese, which oh. they're hmm. they're pairing up uh, Mar- Marty Scorsese movies and Patrick Scorsese films, which is um, oh. it's nice. something that only they could. Both the title makes of. me laugh every time. Every it's, time I hear it, it's tr- it's truly amazing. Scorsese, <laughs> just, I just, it makes it makes me laugh. It makes me. Um, have they ever worked together? No, but you know, it's they just beat you to the punch. Don't. No, they haven't. Yeah, exactly. Before you ask, no. Nope. Um, maybe we can get Doc Brown to take a time machine and go back in time <laughs> and change some mm-hmm. casting decisions. Exactly. Mm, yeah. Speaking yeah. of Michael J. Fox and fuckable. Okay. <laughs> Uh, my Twitter is Jack Age Rapier. I have, well, actually, you know what? Let's for this episode, my Larabox is Jack Draper Seven. Follow oh, me on Jesus. there. Um, I have writing on film at the Boston Hassle. Uh, by this episode, by the time this episode's up, I should have my top ten of the year going up. I think. Damn, son, is that um, a top ten? <laughs> what do I do with that? Um. And this movie is available on Stars, which I frequently um, begin a free trial and then cancel the trial. How many emails do you have? Time. What the fuck? It's it's literally this the same one. Like I just like go. How and, do like, they catch? Ca- how do they not catch? It's that? like like I don't know. It's like with my mom's Amazon, and then I just cancel the subscription. But uh, you know that's that's for me. I, I don't. I mean, just the movie's available, and mm-hmm. you know. Um, uh, next week it is Alfonso Cuarón's Roma, um, and like we mentioned, Andrew Kendall will be back with us for that one. Hopefully, he has some news. <laughs> be better. Gonna... He yeah, better. Yeah. <laughs> That's Andrew, our new expectation from now balls on. Balls in your court, my friend. Yeah. Um, everyone can follow me at Birds of Clay on Twitter and on Letterbox. You follow me at Mr. Clay Williams on Instagram because I am also bad at branding. Um. You can send us an email at exiting2010s at gmail.com. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at ETTPod. We are Please also remember to rate branding. No, what are you going to do? Oh, I forgot to go over the nominees. Oh, shit. Sorry. Oh, let's go. Yeah, real quick. <laughs> okay. Oh, so, sorry, just guys. Ra- just rattle, rattle them <laughs> okay, off. Okay. Okay. Uh, from Lebanon, The Insults. From Haven't Russia, Loveless. Haven't seen Hung- it. The Hungarian film on Body and Soul. Haven't seen Retailers. it. Oh, wait. Wait, 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 wait. The Netflix one, right? Yes. 
I have seen that one. I actually, oh. that was in one of my film classes. That was in uh, oh. the more modern oh. film class. That oh. movie is fine. All right. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, the movie that I have seen, who may be back in the conversation this Oscar season, Ruben Oslin's The Square. Uh, mm. yeah, yeah. AKA Which Ronald is, Reagan. It's fine. <laughs> oh. Okay. Wrap it Bring up. It back. Okay. This is a good uh, episode for callbacks. We did a lot of yeah. good callbacks. Hey, I, I gotta, you know, you're the expert on comedy, so I gotta I gotta take note. Yeah. I gotta bring my A game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for the podcast listeners, I just wiped yeah. uh, my shoulders <laughs> off like they just had uh dust on them. <laughs> um yeah. and right now I'm holding up a sign that says we want better movies. <laughs> oh, that's right. And uh Val's holding a sign saying wrap it up. Um <laughs> Uh, you can rate, review, subscribe on any podcast platform you listen on to. We'd greatly appreciate it. Share with us for a friend, retweet, send a text, um, go run up on a person in the middle of the street, uh, do a handstand, clap your hands five times, do the uh, uh, running man, and then say, hey, go listen to Exiting Through the 2010s, and then run away. Um, and as always, we'll catch you next time on Exiting Through the 2010s.